0: you you remember Daniel past week yeah so he's doing his own little podcast Will Mm -hmm. it's interesting uh it's called the Den Basketball but he does like podcasts on like the NBA yeah and when I say I've never met more of a like someone who has more of a mind for sport or basketball and knowledge like you can ask a question about the 1994 NBA Finals and He would know the score, and he needs to have me on then.
1: Crazy,
0: like he's just one of those guys, and I'm the complete opposite. Like, if you ask me the score of last year's NBA in the playoff, I wouldn't know. I, I always say I like I'm the fakest basketball fan when it. To, Man. When it comes to watching.
2: That's because you hang with Timmy. It's,
0: it's it's weird. It's weird because, and I've, this is this is an interesting interesting like story that I don't think I've ever uh said like publicly before like it's a pressure that I feel from all my friends all like even this guy will like when whenever there's a conversation about basketball I I I, I fall into a shell because yeah people know me as this this basketball player that played my entire life yet I couldn't tell you any anything outside of the big headlines that you see on Bleacher Report or Instagram?
3: I hear that. I'm the same way with rugby. Like, I don't know. I can't name any rugby players, any famous huh. rugby players. Like, I don't know what teams people play for. But like, you ask me about ball, and I'm in it. But like, you sure. don't rugby, definitely
2: not. And will that's so interesting. The
0: fact that you're shaking your head, like, why? <laughs> why do you think that's?
2: a bad thing like is it a, is i don't it think a, it's i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad thing don't don't no, 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 no. my my body act my no, my actions no, no, no. i'm i'm shaking my head because it's so it's an it's mm-hmm. so uncommon for an athlete yeah to not follow his sport you know outside of his own play or right. her I mean, own play I mean, so
0: it's it's knowledgeable it helps you or of course
2: well there's well for, for one there's the there's the assumption that most athletes you know um started by watching the game in a sense and then and then started playing like I, yeah. I would say you know a lot of parents you know are watching basketball and then their kids watch basketball and their kids start playing basketball that's true so you just assume that there's that kind of that growth into the sport right that you, you follow you
3: think that well because. With rugby, I like I didn't my first rugby game. I I haven't seen a rugby game in my whole life. Had no idea what the rules of rugby was, but I was Mm. so that's pretty cool. Like that's pretty interesting. You say that.
2: I mean, I just for me like and then and then obviously you guys play at the university level, which is like you know you're pretty much as close as you can to playing pro. Um, And I I mean for me all my experience most guys or girls that played a sport. Had to understanding or follow had a following like a favorite player mm. or somebody that they looked up to or yeah. somebody that like engaged them in the sport rather than them just being like, I'm good at this. <laughs> it's fun. I'm going to play. And then when I'm done playing, I'm going to go back. I'm going to study. I'm going to mm-hmm. joke around and, and do other things in life opposed to most, like most guys um, that I know, because I can't really speak on girls, because I can't really—I've never really had like a ton of deep conversations about ball with girls. Yeah. So it's—I don't want to say like girls do this or don't, but um, like guys, you know, you leave practice and you go back to your res and you're like, who's playing tonight in the league? Like, mm. yo, Harden's, mm. Harden's matching up with Giannis or like Kobe's playing. Like that was kind of the thing. Like you finish ball practice and then you go watch ball. Whereas you guys are like, <laughs> I finished practice. And I'm going to watch Netflix, this show, or I'm going to watch this movie, or I'm going to go hang with so-and-so. It, to me, it's like, it's so uncommon to hear that.
3: It's not to say, like, I don't watch game film or, yeah. like, film. Like, I with, get that. But I don't, like, like, the players aren't aren't people I, like, necessarily look up to. It mm. also has to do with, like, I found the sport so late. Like, for me, basketball growing up, Alan Iverson was my dude. Um, Candace Parker. My girl, like those are the ones I looked up to while I was playing ball. But like for rugby, I I was thrown into the sport and had no like background information on where it originated from, how it came to be, all this like stuff like that, like that I had with like more popular sports like basketball, soccer. And now like I was just thrown into rugby. So it's I don't think I have that connection with the sport in the way that more 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 people have it with like basketball
2: so you're normal and tristan's just a weirdo then
3: i
0: I don't know like and this is just this is obviously it's always been haunting me in the fact that i can't engage to the depth of these conversations and it's honest it's it's almost like a feeling of embarrassment because i dedicated and put in so much work to this sport but it was an individual level and i can't maybe that speaks on my overall love for the game i if you were to ask me like is 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 basketball like your favorite thing in the world i i don't know if i could say yes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i just think it was something that i was i found early on i was influenced by my dad i grew up around the game i was at St. Evex basketball camp every summer since I was four years old, and that's all I did was just want to play, play. I was out on the streets, just wanted to play, play, play. But it was never like I was obsessed with the sport in general. Like mm. Yeah. It wasn't like I was staying up all hours of the night watching NBA games. For sure. It was just so much fun. I think that's- I would rather watch like me growing up to be like, let's get real honest. <laughs> If in the summertime if i was at home by myself i'm throwing on the food network i'm throwing yeah. on gtv like and, and that's so that's so uncommon for someone who plays at a high level of the sport because all my teammates is just lebron this kobe that
2: you're the one percent you're the outlier when it comes to that on the curve you're that one person far far away that it is. You don't. It is. It's hard to, it's hard, to hard to comprehend.
0: Stands. It's like okay. Clearly, there's other people out there, and I'm I'm now. I'm genuinely curious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why, like that's why
2: you and Bebzy get along.
0: Is Bebzy's the same way? Is that is that just because I don't love the game that much, or but clearly. Mean- Dude. I
3: could honestly I, I really feel you right now, Tristan. Like really? I, I can say I, I'm not in love with rugby with the sport, uh-huh. but I just say like I'm I'm good at it and I'm like, yeah. like at a high level, but uh-huh. the things I got from rugby were way uh-huh. more important than yeah. the sport itself. Don't you but feel like if you were to put me in in, in another sport, I still feel the same way. It's more the things I'm getting out uh-huh. of it than than the actual sport. I
1: agree.
0: But to hear you say that, I'm like, oh, you don't love rugby? Like what?
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, like, that's kind of I don't yeah, that's do you think it's cause you started so late, or you just think that in general about sports, like it's not
3: I I really I really don't think like to me you have to be versed in a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. I love basketball, I love watching basketball, that's my family's thing. Like that's in that way I would engage in a sport. Uh, but like for for me, for playing rugby, I I like the the team aspect. I like the the communication, the things you build, the like the leadership, all of that. Because uh-huh. and recently, what I found is like because of the those things that I've learned in sport, which I'm grateful for, because it's not just rugby. I've learned these things, and it's basketball, soccer, whatever sport I was playing. Like that after life after rugby mm. is is so much more too. Right mm. like and it's it's those those little things have helped me grow in in ways that I never thought I could because when I'm when I was going to university when I got seen effects well well not anymore kind of but um, I really yeah, you, thought like yeah. I was just that rugby player like yeah. I, I really thought like my identity was me as a rugby player and people knew me only because I was that rugby player on there's the Joe she plays yeah. rugby exactly Go. and for me like last year it was so hard for me to distance myself from Joe as a, an athlete Joe as a rugby player and who Joe is in after mm-hmm. after rugby like i mm-hmm. i never thought i could, i would be a good teacher but people always said you should be a teacher and like i i found a, a new life cuz i still think i'm growing into my profession in itself but i think that like me finding another thing to dive myself into and find myself knowing that i can be good at something else Shows me that all those skills I was taught in rugby, all those skills I was taught in basketball, whatever, they can apply to my to my life after sport, right? Yeah. So that's pretty that's much a, I view. It.
2: That's a we we've had those talks before with some people on on the show, um, and we've talked about it outside of the show. Um, and and it's really it's it's a really important um, part of of. Of life after sport because, like you said, like it can be, you know, to to give you an example, like when I was at X, I I was in kinetics, and one of my profs told me you'd be a great teacher. In my mind, I'm like, I don't think I want to be a teacher, like, so I I didn't go down that road. And and for me, it's like it was almost like a struggle because there's that there's that period like you're talking about of of how do you separate yourself from basketball into something else if you're going to do something else? Right. So even me, like working at a restaurant, I was still known to people like, Oh, will like play basketball at St of X or like, Oh, Hey, like, let me introduce you to one of our managers. Like you must've seen him play at St of X, like yeah. that kind of, that kind of like, there's always that connection. Right. Whereas like, I'm, I've kind of been searching for that same, a passion that you, you feel somewhat like you're good at that you feel comfortable doing every day um and that you're useful and um it's 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 interesting to hear you say like the lessons that you learn from sport are are more important than the sport itself
1: yeah
2: because it's so true like and that's that's what I talk Tristan about and talk to people about so much the, the analogies that you can take from sport and apply them to society and and yeah. life in general like if if you can't if you can't get along with teammates mm-hmm. and and find ways to navigate know. personalities like how the hell are you going to navigate and communicate to people in life and sure. and and us as a society like how do you how do you get along with people or how do you make things work if you can't you know if that girl on your team that was hard-headed and mm. wouldn't listen to people and you had to find a way like how are you going to do that in society if you just sort of like well man, she's just being, she's being an idiot right now. Like she won't even listen to anybody. You know what I mean? So I think to me that like it, it hits, it hits me like right, like right when you said that, I was like, man, like that, like you found it right away kind of in teaching, like you kind of just, you trans, it's a quick transition, but even, even what you say, like that one year period of trying to separate yourself from Joe, the rugby player to Joe, the teacher. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm still, I could still play probably if I wanted to, but I'm moving on, like, I'm still that impressive, ex- exceptional person, but I'm a teacher. Yeah,
3: for sure.
2: Um, yeah, that's
0: Joe, It's Joe, interesting to hear that. You must, you you must, and uh, you must have, a, like, a bunch of stories inside the locker room where, Will, what Will just said, being able to navigate personalities where a girl is just being stubborn and hard-headed. Oh, Yeah to with without exposing too much or putting too much on the table. Like can you can you think of one instance where maybe you felt frustrated or or like I don't know, just an example or a story from the locker room?
3: Yeah. So in my locker room, like we're we're very vocal with each other. Like we're we're very open. We were very open with each other. Like you can be honest with me. You could tell me I passed you a bad ball. Like you could tell me to fix up, do better. Like yeah. you could like That was just like open dialogue within our um, within our locker room. So Mm -hmm. uh, we obviously we've we've had a few championship runs in my time, and you have to be honest, brutally honest, in order for you to win. In order for you to get where you need to get, you need to be honest about who's in those positions on the field and handle that pressure or not. So as I moved up into my third and fourth year and I was the captain of and fifth year. And I was the captain of the team. Um, like I, I can see personalities and how people handle situations. So, well, specifically, like we went into this was the like the 2015 or 2016, sorry. Okay. Um, or no, sorry, 2017. We gra- we we actually were playing in Lethbridge, Um And before that, before we headed to Bridge for nationals, our um, we were we were not clicking on the field. Like we just could not run our lines right. We could not communicate for anything. Like and we had I had to call a meeting with our with our leader that we had a, we have an L six, so leadership and there's six of us. So okay. call, called called the meeting and we just I'm like we all need to talk about what's going on right now because we're not gonna make it put it on the back burner and have it have it burn Perfect. us at nationals.
0: And did they did they notice the same thing you did or you had to bring it to their attention?
3: Yeah, no, they notice the same thing. See, with, with, well, I don't know if it happens with guys, but with girls, like, we always try to, like, hush-hush things and, like, talk about it in groups and talk about it here, but no one voices it. So Uh no one says it, but everyone knows it's going on. But if you just do that, the problem won't get get fixed, right? Because now it's just everyone in the background talking about how this should have been like this, this should have been like that, but no one's doing anything to change it, right? Right. So we we came together and we actually had a very honest conversation about people in positions that they shouldn't be and people in positions that that maybe they need to work harder in order to keep those positions. And we went to our coach Mike and he was really open with us and he said, "I'm going to give your your um, your ideas a try and like how you guys want to re, 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 reconstruct your team." Um, and then we ended up winning bronze that year, but it was also. Three sure. Feet of snow, but it right. was it really helped. Like we played our best games at nationals when we were in that snow, and it was it was crazy. And maybe if you made that adjustment
0: early on, this earlier on in the season, yeah, then you may have had more time to, uh, to like, perfect our game, yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's interesting. You don't hear that often where a player can kind of like I'm trying to think, and Will, you can probably relate. Imagine going to Coach K and saying. I think, I think Bercy should be a two guard. Like,
2: it's, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely uh, interesting to hear, Ka- like what you said, Kavanaugh, uh, Mike, sorry, um, mm. saying, yeah, like I'll, I'll try it out because yeah. I think as a lot of leaders and sorry, I'm going to sneeze. Buddy. Thank you. Um, no, but a, a lot of coaches, let alone, let alone coaches been coaching 40 years, but a lot of coaches that have had the success Mike's had, mm-hmm. you know, let alone with your group, but multiple groups before you guys,
1: yeah.
2: um, to have, to hear him say like, okay, like the players want to try this and, and kind of break away from, from whatever I was implementing earlier in the year. Like, it's really <laughs> interesting to see how open he was because, um, you as a leader, like I'm, I was gonna ask, were you the only captain those years? How many captains were? There? Um,
3: I was the only captain for one one year. Okay. Uh, I was captain for my from my third year to my fifth year. Yeah. And I had a co-captain who was in the backs, which is I'm a forward. We have one backs, one forward. Okay. Captain. So I had t- uh, for two years I had a backs captain, and then it was just okay.
2: fifth year. No, because my the way like I was a captain in my my fourth year with uh, T Bear. And then I was a solo captain my last year. And, and some people don't know this, but going into my last year, coach wanted, he wanted only me as a captain. He called me in the start of the year. And, and I was like, man, like you got an all two, two time AUS MVP, two time first team all Canadian who's been captain for the last two years. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you talking to me about? Like, you just want me to be captain. Like, that's gonna like, in my mind, I'm like, I can already see what's coming. I can already yeah. see like the tsunami you're creating for the mm-hmm. rest of the season. That's going to follow our team everywhere. Yeah. And he, and he, and I said, well, why don't you get, make the four seniors captains? Mm. And he, and he's, he's like, no, it's only you. Like if you can't handle it, tell me right now. So like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, like it's
0: a hard position. Jeez.
2: You're like, you're like, you're you're tell, like, obviously I can handle it, but like, you're also putting me in a super awkward position because Joe might not know, Tiber helped helped recruit me to saint Evex. So, like, this is my best friend who is the most highly recruited player out of Nova Scotia at the time, telling coaches, I'm only going to go there if you bring Will. So this is me in my fifth year being like, you're trying to – you're putting a stake kind of between me and my best friend in a sense. Yeah. Because yeah. – so, but getting back to what you're saying, he refused. Like, he was like, no. Like, I don't – I'm not hearing you. Like, this is – it's pretty much my way or the highway. And my kind of the way I've always kind of been a leader is listening and not trying to like macro macromanage everything, yeah. kind of like giving people the f- like the freedom to express themselves yeah. or, or to, to put a little bit on people's plates. And it's interesting to hear Mike say like, yo, OK, like you guys want to try this out. I'm willing to let you guys lead and, and I'll watch and I'll see yeah. if, if, if things work. That's fine. Whereas, like, some leaders will be like, no, it's my way. Like, if it's my way or the highway. Where that's a really interesting thing to hear that, like, a guy that's had so much success
1: yeah.
2: is just willing to listen to his players and try things differently. Um, you know, I think that's that shows leadership more than a leader, than a, a, a coach at one point saying, no, like, this is how it's done no matter what.
3: Yeah. You know like, what I mean? We were really, like, I think – like Mike's the best coach. He's a rugby genius. Like he's the best coach I've ever had. Like he really trusts his players. So if you have if you have your players who are who are seasoned in the game, who have played university for a few years coming to you to address an issue, like he's gonna listen because he knows that like he's like you guys see more like yeah. than I do. And he's like, because you guys are together all the time too. Like, for example, what you said about you and T Bear being um like you guys were boys from before, and we see that as t- as teammates, right? We see who has beef with each other. We see For sure. issues, and like so, when we come to him with things, he's he like he knows that we're being serious, and he knows that he trusts what we're saying is like is will help our team and help better our team. It's-
0: because, honestly there is so much that goes unseen from coaches. Like think of all the little little like you said, all the little beefs or all the little. I remember my first we had. So, like not a separation but there are so many different kind of clicks within the team mm-hmm. where you're closer with other guys on the team and there's obviously conversations that go on between teammates and and coaches coaches oftentimes don't see that and I, I believe that kind of energy no question affects affects the team's success or a, a team's ability to play with each other sure. it's, it's, it's common sense it's just it's human interaction. It's human behavior. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, it, yeah,
2: it's 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 interesting to say that um, he trusts you guys a lot, and and how you said like, the, like to me, it's like the game is ever changing, right? Like it's always adapting, right? Whereas like I kind of like put it in a in a different like weird analogy. Whereas like if you look at yourself for twenty years, like you don't notice changes. Yeah. Whereas if like somebody that sees you that one year or like for a few months, they notice all the little changes that, so it's like, it's like you guys are like the little changes and he's listening to you rather than just seeing the same thing over re- repetitive. Like, so it's to me, like, I don't know, it's a great, it's a great, it kind of gives insight to who he is as a coach and why he's had so much success as, as yeah. a coach when it comes to rugby. Like he lives like, that's a huge thing for leaders to be able to listen to other people and, and take in what they're saying and give them kind of a voice and, and, and let them kind of direct at times. Yeah. It's, it's really important. And Tristan, I think can attest to like, you know, working in a restaurant where you have for me, like the the type of leader or manager I am, I expect like my, my employees, like my servers to really kind of like handle things as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, Tristan would be the type of person that would only come to me when there's something he like, he's already exhausted all options. You know what I mean? He's already done what he can do. And for me, like, it's really frustrating um, when, when workers will come and they'd have this issue and you're, you're thinking yourself like, man, you, you haven't even tried to like, you're just coming to me because it's the easiest out. It's like the easiest thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it'd be like if you guys just never talked and just you went to the coach, like, man, this isn't working. And he'd be like, Okay, well, have you talked to your teammates? And you'd be like, No. But you like that, that is something like that's man, it just stands out to me. Like, I can I don't even know, like, I was asking Tristan like what like the accolades, like I can't even remember like your accolades, but it just to me to me it's just like that already that already like stands out right there. That like it's like you don't even gotta tell me, like I obviously I wanna know, I'm gonna ask you you can tell me after this like what you know what you've accomplished and uh but that just stands out to me it's like I can already tell the type of person she is as like a leader as somebody that listens as somebody that can direct and just work together positively
1: yeah you know
2: looking for positive solutions like positive reinforcements rather than trying to blame everyone else around them for the things that are going wrong or blame the coach for the things that are going wrong you know what well, i
3: mean well tristan will test this in our in our leadership academy like they talk about the control your controllables right mm. if, you can, if you can fix relationships on your team if you can build those relationships like a lot of people say like you're they're in the business of people like everything around you is in the business of people like so if you get to know people then you can you can work through anything together you know and that's that's pretty much what what we've built within our team. So the things, the weather may not be good. The, the, um, the roughing may be bad. Like you can turn to each other, like turn inward and and fix mm-hmm. things yourself. You know.
2: Yeah. What, what can you can you just t- like, tell me your accolades. Like <laughs> what's the how resume? many? Yeah. What's the resume saying? Like okay. w- like in terms uh, of university. Like
3: I just I don't. I don't so know. I was, like, um, in my first year, uh, I'll go by. Year I guess like I was rookie of the year, AUS rookie of the year, um, and then I won Saint Effect's uh, female rugby rookie of the year. Okay. Um, I was also an uh, what's it called, a All Star. So I was a five. In your first year. Wow. For all five years, I was an All Star. Um, I won four AUS uh, championships, uh, three national championships. Um, I have four, three All-Canadians, first-team All-Canadians, one second-team All-Canadian, um, three AUS MVPs, uh, and three, four St. effects Women's Rugby MVPs, St. effects yeah. Athlete of the Year.
2: Yo, there's just too many.
0: Um, I wasn't expecting this. And there's a lot. And so, Will, before this call, he's like, yo, so, like, What are her accolades? Like, and I'm like, man, I can't even give you an answer because there's so many that I don't know. And he starts going like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't, you don't know it. I'm like, Will, it's just so much that I can know about someone else. All I know is that you're very decorated. And it, it literally, just the conversation you had, it just, it just speaks that you're not this artificial, selfish, selfish, selfish yeah. and and that's why you've had the success you've had because you understand the importance that it takes to get to that level
3: yeah when i when i was growing up like um, my family's in the sports and all that too like my i'm my parents would. we're all in team sports my parents would always be like you can't play the sport yourself like you can't play the sport yourself so you're not the only one on the field you're not the only one on the court mm. like you need mm. everyone around you in order for you to look good. So you like you need to either like in basketball, my dad would be like you need to pass the ball, or yeah. in hockey like you need to make that that offload sooner. Like the more the more you share around you, the the better you look too, right? So for sure, all about everyone helping each other. It's community in, in every sense.
2: Um, I, I'm gonna ask because I feel like, um, what did you find within your team, um? structure like did you find players struggled with like we're i found that some of the biggest reasons that why we didn't we didn't have success um at aus like like before i went to X basketball was like they had i went in 2006 and in 2000 and 2001 they got one back-to-back national championships and then had won aus every year up until the year i went So I was going into like pretty much the same program as which you guys have built yourself. Right. And I found that like within our team, sometimes people were more worried about personal goals, success and, and reputation within the X basketball community and within wherever they came from, rather than the success of the team and the role in which they were going to be in for that year. And I'm wondering if you guys like is it is it was it common for the girls rugby team to have girls like mad being like kind of like you know like I'm gonna be an all-star this year like and then I was an all-star this year like for me for me like I don't know if you can speak on it but like I ended up I went there as a, as a walk-on and I ended up being um, a two-time all-conference player like I won the the co-MVP for the basketball team my last year I won a tournament MVP at for the Rod Shoveler basketball tournament which is a huge tournament at at Dal it's been for years um but my like for me that was never like the ultimate like that just was like the side piece like that was just like that came with all the hard work like my end goal my biggest goal is like I wanted to I want to be part of what I witnessed as a fan growing up like I wanted to win and we never got to win and like all the the accolades are nice when i talking to you and telling the story of who i am but like i look back at like and seeing people like kind of like only cared about getting like a plaque that said first team like all star like yeah. i don't know like d- did you find that for the girls team like
3: what what's really interesting is like we we never like it's never was individual at all. Like we never looked at it from that. Like people had goals like, yeah, by the end or my third Stop. year, I probably want to be an all-star, an AUS all-star, but it was never something at the forefront, you know, like what people wanted coming into our program and hopefully the years to come, like I want to win a national championship. You know, that was like, that was the goal for everyone. And like, I can tell you from experience, like me in 2015, we lost uh, an 18, a 17 year streak. We lost AUS for the first time and placed the worst at nationals we ever have. And I mm. won. I won MVP. I won in at Saint FX and AUS and I won All um, uh, Star. Everything, everything that I, all the accolades, they did not feel the same as when you're mm-hmm. we on top. Like definitely those not. Accolades, they don't mean anything if you're not winning as a team. If your team's not sure. not succeeding, like those, they mean nothing. You know, like yeah, yeah. you're the you're the. You're the best in your conference, but what what have you gone to show from it? Exactly.
2: Can you lead? Can yeah. can your can you being a good player translate to you being a good person? Yeah. And, and 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 translating team success. Yeah. I don't know. I just I wondered that because, sorry, Tristan. Like I know you're about to jump in. Like for me, I just wondered that because I felt like the the culture what like I I don't say wasn't there, but it wasn't pushed. Like it wasn't like like we want to win like we, one person being an all-star is great but winning is something that like takes way more it's yeah. way harder for sure for so sure. i
0: am in, i'm interested in in wondering if you have if if we as athletes or a person or a leader or anything has any control on how that person views success right so so Will, you said your first year, you ended up and you were surrounded by a bunch of guys that just seemed a little little too selfish in order to give for the greater good. And then Joanna, you have a complete opposite where you found yourself with a group of girls that were just all about the team and didn't really care. Right. Is this is this just a luck thing? Like is this just something that just happened? like I'm gonna walk on it? Like my team is either one of one of both or do you have do we have any any impact or control in in changing somebody's view because that's like trying to change the person's personality
3: almost yeah well like for 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 our team i know like you surround yourselves with like like people you want to be like you surround yourself with people who you want to grow like right say this corny thing where it's like um like those are our type of guys like those ex people they're our type of people like That's, that's true. Like it's, it's literally like those people who are selfless, those people who, who will, who will give for the greater good, who put Mm -hmm. their body on the line for their teammate, things like that. Like Mm. once you get in your older years and like you come into a program who thinks that, and then you come into your, you get into your older years and you're that light for, for those younger years, like that they're looking up to. And they, they almost feel like they have no option, but to be them, their best selves but to give their all at practice, but to give their all in warm up in anything yeah. that we do in school and in, in everything. Like, So so it's it's pretty much like a ripple effect that for our team has kept going from mm. from me coming in to my, in my first year, I've looked up to, to people in that sense. And then me being in my fifth year and people looking up to me in that sense. I've had like my closest recruits like that have come in the program, they're graduating now and they're like, I only came to X, because I saw you play. And now, like, you're the best player that I've ever wanted to play with, not because you're like this freak athlete, but because mm-hmm. you're you and you're the person you are. And you show us that it's OK to make mistakes. It's yeah. OK to, to be myself. It's OK to, to, to flourish and grow within the team. And we yeah. can succeed while doing that,
0: too. They model their behavior after you. So it, it almost takes a number of years to kind of establish that kind of culture. Yeah. Because, I mean, even going back to our leadership academy and learning about the keys to success and the key to building a powerful foundation of, and, and culture, in my head I found it really frustrating because I, I understand all of this and I understand what it takes and the importance of it all. Mm. But how can I make an immediate impact when these guys are already thinking a certain way? Yeah. So, so it's almost like, there's nothing you can do in the immediate. You need to look at the long picture and understand that it's not going to happen this year, next year, or the year after that.
3: That's a big thing I, I learned. That's huge. That's a huge thing I learned. Like, like it's bigger than yourself, you know, uh-huh. like we have this thing. It's like, we, we have this board in our locker room and before every single home game, we, we hit it. And it says for those who came before you and for those who come after and, and it uh-huh. says top left on the, on the corner. And so we fun. hit that because it, it's like, you're playing for so much more than like Mm. immediate right now. Right. Like those people before you, those, those first people who won in 2006 and a national championship paved the way to show you that it's possible for this team and it's possible here. You know what I mean? And those who come in after you, you know, have something to like that as an example to, just for their own success too.
1: Right.
3: Like it's such a, so much bigger than yourself. And if you really care about your program and, and the future of the program, like you'll really understand that you, in the immediate, you might need to set little goals for your team, like, and and maybe those goals from those kids who are who are now in their we in their first year and now in their fourth year, like you can see the huge changes from the team, you know, and that's that's pretty much it. Like sure. you have to look at the the whole picture and, and all of it. It's
2: definitely it's definitely when we talk about it, it it, it, it you guys are spot on, like. Culture, culture is the biggest. I think is the biggest thing. It, like a winning culture is not, like you said, it's not easy to build. It's it takes time. And now look, at, like after what I just said, and looking back, I'm starting to think, like man, like maybe, maybe the people that came, some of the people that came, some of the players like that came, didn't understand the culture and the the, the team in terms of what I witnessed and. And you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah.
2: you you need to have an appreciation for for what you're about to put yeah. yourself into, and and yeah, like the yeah. privilege to to wearing that jersey because not because you, because the player, the the, the Zach Russell that played before me, the the John Bell, the Randy Nor, yeah. all these guys, you know, the El Adams, um, you know Dion Dion, like all these guys that you know put on the jersey before you that had success that won titles that's like for me that's the like that's why i was so i didn't care like i just wanted to be part of that culture Mm -hmm. i wanted to be part of the winning culture and and you know to this day like that's why i have so much envy for for players like you that are that got to got to see it got to join it and got to got to do it and whereas i like looking back like you know i always tell people like i can i can look at the the you know the the plaques and the the trophies and all these things that I have, but I don't have that. Like I'm, it's all something to my to the day I die that I will always
3: For envy sure.
2: somebody like you, somebody that went to X and got to, you know, got to experience the the feelings of, of success with their teammates. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
3: That also um, comes with too, I, like you said you grew up like what insane effects balls, so like you saw the success. So you knew in your heart what the, what it meant to get there, right? Those yeah. Guys, like for me, example, like when I got to X, like I didn't know anything about the past, but what our team does really good. And you know, Tara, she, she's amazing. She like every year before we head into nationals and head into US finals, she brings everyone over to her house and she tells us, she shows us, Old video footage of the 2016 of the 2019 mm. uh, and tells us about why we're playing for those girls. About how Ghislaine Landry like played this last game with with her with like a, a sprained ankle. But shout out
2: lane she was a beast.
3: Yeah, but she mm. can still like outrun anybody or or the players who we've had pass away. You know, like yeah, and, and like you're playing for them. Like the top left is for them and like yeah, those so those first years coming in, they hear it and they they bring that and they hold that in their heart and they play with that you know and then so then when they're they're in their upper years that that's always at the back of their heart like that and then the ones coming in they they hear the same story again so you're always reminded of of the history of where our program came from the culture yeah you can you can add to the building of that culture you know
2: yeah you guys are just constantly and i talk to tristan all the time like it starts like it, it came from like just you know working out and the foundation of working out i always talk about you know your legs have to be solid you need a solid mm-hmm. foundation you need a base yeah. to grow off of and to me it just sounds like you guys can, are consistently you know not even maintaining but finding ways to build gotcha. your foundation
1: mm-hmm. to
2: to make it stronger and stronger and stronger and, and to reinforce all the foundational um, you know, characteristics which build rookies up into their fifth year. And, and you know, listening to what you guys do, like, to me, it's kind of like, I don't want to say like, they don't, they didn't do that with basketball, but I think, I think maybe a part of it was almost like, you know, once you're, once you're coaching for so long, like you might have this belief that everybody that's coming into the program understands yeah. the the history of what you've done and, and, you might think that it can, like, I'm not saying coach does this, but like, because he does, he did do a lot of like team building, leadership stuff, that kind of style stuff. But you know, the interpersonal connecting players to players, mm-hmm. I would, I wouldn't say like it went as far as that. You know what I mean, Tristan? Like, I don't think he coach did a good job in in
0: like he would every year he would show us the back to back national championship
2: run. Mm-hmm. So the, that,
0: I remember one year, had Randy, Randy Nor video call us before playoffs and kind of give us some words of encouragement here and there. Mm-hmm. And coach, I mean, with coach having all the experience, he had, he, he would tell us countless the stories,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I agree and it's, it's evident in, in the results or the kind of, culture that i experienced at times um that it wasn't deep enough
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so it's so it's true that 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 part is very very crucial in defining that joe i kind of want to i want to like how how did you how did you find a saint of x because you just said you could didn't really know anything about it or
3: yes, but, um, to yeah
1: yeah
0: you did
3: i had a, a teammate um and a and a friend who went to um, who went to Pickering High with me. Yes. So her name is Sarah Caljuvi.
2: Shout out Pickering High.
3: Shout out to PK. Um, <laughs> so uh, we actually like went. We played in the uh, summer league together. But she came back from X and in her years and helped coach my high school team. Yes. So I started playing rugby in grade ten. So it was like super late. And like she's like, if you like, you if you want to play rugby, you're gonna have to go to Saint FX. And I'm like. Where is it? And she's like, I'm like, I've never been anywhere outside. Like I've been to Montreal. Like I haven't been anywhere East Coast at all. All Do you speak French? Not at all. (laughs) Um, And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to go all the way out there. So she actually ended up contacting Mike and was like, I have a player who like, you should, you should see, you should take a look at. So he uh, brought me on my recruit trip and I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere if my dad doesn't like this place. Okay. So I had to bring my dad with me. So he came on the recruit trip. And then, um, you know, if you get the parents, you get the kid, right? So my my um my dad loved it. Like Mike Mike did like the most for our recruit trip. Mm-hmm. And you know how those recruit trips go? Like the night like the nightlife is unreal. And as a, as a little grade grade twelve, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy, <laughs> like. I have to come here. And I was like, but it, earlier in the day in my on my first day, I was like, the dungeon? Like I w- had went to Queens for a recruit trip the week before and they just had like it, brand new facilities and I'm like dungeon
2: builds character.
3: Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. And I was like, the dungeon, like, oh my gosh, I can't, like, there's no way the facilities are not up right. to standard. Like, there's there's no way I can come. And then I started talking to people. And I was like, they like genuinely like had a love for this place and i was like what type like have, what type of place have i ever been that has just like almost like love caringness like radiating from it you know That's and true. like everywhere you walked like on the street like people would say hi and like i'm like i don't even know you like being from toronto or ajax yes. it's like we don't say hi to <laughs> like. uh,
2: shank i can <laughs> attest to that meeting shan she's yeah. just, like quiet uh, to herself
3: yeah, you just you just stay in your lane. You keep your head down and you get your work done, you know, and then from that I was like, wow, like I really I really love this place. So I, I, I committed in my, in my, 12th, in my uh, last year of high school and I, I don't regret a thing like my highs and lows being at X like I would not want to experience it anywhere else. Like it's it's really like and when I got my X ring I was like you literally you don't know until you know like oh my god you don't know until you know like you it's like people call it a cult but like almost it almost is like it's you, you you it's... get this feeling of like you, like you you belong here you know and it's mm. like it's crazy I I I don't regret a thing
0: from... I'm I'm dying at the fact that you, you mentioned the nightlife because in <laughs> all in all of the recruit uh, rec- recruits that we had. Mm-hmm. um over my four years you, obviously it's on the weekend and obviously it's coach mm-hmm. brings them in to watch a game and then that that night we all go out party and mm-hmm. the, the amount of time i can count on my fingers i can be like the moment that the recruit was the middle of the night like yeah. a.m., inside the pub inside splitties, you're like i'm coming here yeah. <laughs> there's
2: no way yeah. i'm not coming here Man,
3: I have some recruits like call their parents while we're out, like Stop. saying, "I'm coming to Ed's." Like, I'm like, "Oh my That's god." That's wild,
0: man. And they ended
3: yeah. up coming. So,
0: shout Gavin, uh, oh. played on the team. I remember we were inside Splitties and he goes, "Give me the paper right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm signing my name. I'm signing." It's, it's just because there's such a there's a culture, and you literally feel connected to the people that you meet there.
3: Yeah, for sure,
1: for
0: sure. Right? Um, so, so that's that's that that's what sticks out to me for absolutely. What's what's education been like for you? I was just going to ask.
2: Well, I was, yeah, was going to ask that. Um, how did you get like what what made you choose for one, kinetics or kinesiology? Mm-hmm. Two, how is the transition balancing being such a accoladed, uh you know, athlete and and then and then still being tied to your academics and then, then following up with what Tristan said, like how's education and so, explaining that.
3: So interesting enough, I know I'm an athlete and people assume I was an H Kin, but I actually did a, an arts degree. So I did Oh okay. I had a double major in psychology and sociology with a concentration in history. So I I I loved that like it I think psychology and sociology everyone should go through courses that like teach you the basics of them because then it really helps you understand the world around you. And 100%. like and how and how people navigate their worlds it's it's unreal um and I definitely think it's helped me uh navigate the teaching world as well because you're not you're not just teaching from curriculum like you're teaching students like they're real people and they have their own their own lives and you have to take that into consideration for sure um but my undergrad like I found it hard to balance uh like I had a lot of uh time management issues like where where I didn't necessarily put my, my all into school and really focused my all into rugby when Mm. like, I should have found that balance. But when, when I got into my upper years, I realized like you, like, I need to start getting up early. I need to start um, like doing my work way ahead of time, starting to get handed so that when rugby comes in and like when rugby takes the forefront my 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 um academics don't take a, a back burner, you know and it's like i i didn't learn that until like my uh, fourth third fourth year yeah first you know with,
0: without be getting a little like obviously i'm getting a little sidetracked here but will you share so many
3: stories with me
0: and how your uh perspective or priorities changed uh or shifted in your later years like yeah i have a story of um a memory of me being at X camp, and I was a kid, I was a camper. But you, you know, in the meal hall where you put your trays on top, whatever. Mm-hmm. We were running to the gym, and you were still there, like cause it was in the breakfast. And I think my dad made a stupid joke because you were you were over there eating cantaloupe.
2: He, he made he made lots of stupid jokes. <laughs> Shout out Chris.
0: Shout out Roscoe. But just but sure. you were eating like, like cantaloupe cottage cheese and like three boiled eggs like the cleanest diet ever Mm. just kind of kind of speak on like uh what joanna just said and how your prior priorities shift as you get older
2: you definitely you definitely well for one with school like after your first for me i don't know it kind of sounds like her her experience too but after your first one or two years maybe third if you're a little slower but you realize like Texturing is coming up, you know, you you start getting into more difficult courses and and you start being challenged a bit more. And then you start realizing, like, yo, like, I can't just kind of like fly by and wing certain assignments and and papers um, with the same amount of work and work ethic. Like, you start realizing, like, for me, it was a big wake up call Um, in my third year. I took uh, I took biomechanics and it's a it's a difficult course anybody that doesn't know like
0: the death course right
2: Everyone. man
3: i hear about it all the time yeah. like, it's literally-
2: <laughs> it's like i even even my first year like i didn't even take it I, I took it like every other class i've taken since high school like pretty much like i just kind of i was like okay like i'll i'll put in like you know 60 70 percent of my effort and i'll get it I'll, I'll get a passing mark and it'll be it's, it might not be 90 or 85 or something, but it will be something respectable, like 70 uh. or something. In my mind, this is what I'm thinking. Right, right. Even though I'm listening to the teacher being like, "This is one of the hardest courses you're going to take. Yeah, there but... are people that are in their third time; they've already yeah. failed twice. And yeah. you're like thinking, like, "Yo, this guy's just talking to talk. Like, yeah. he just wants to, like, yo, like take this serious. Like, but like, work hard no one actually failed two years in a row like what do you mean
1: sure.
2: and i'm in there and i'm in there and i'm like my first my first mark my first um big paper uh, uh, test back i got i didn't even want to go get the i didn't go and get it
1: <laughs> because i
2: know i knew i did horribly yeah. like i just was like man like i don't even feel comfortable showing up in this guy's like taking something from the guy without even looking at it in front of him. Like even just going home, <laughs> knowing that, like, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you just took a test from a guy that marked it and probably gave you 20 or 30% and he's going to be looking
3: <laughs> super folded. and they're
2: Yo, it's like, that. it's like you look at it and you're like, I did better than what I even thought. It's yeah. like, so that happened to me. And I, and I, I dropped the course immediately. So I wouldn't fail. I never failed a course in my my time at X, which I, I for me I find I take pride in that because a lot of a lot of guys that I played ball with like did fail some courses and some guys did struggle with marks, and um, that was like that was like the ultimate like yo, if you are gonna be successful off the court, um, you're gonna have to start taking things serious. Like you're gonna have to actually start like you said waking up early or if you're up for a class i don't know if joe knows but um, in kinesiology a lot of the courses would start at the first the earliest classes at eight o'clock yeah and a lot of my courses through the first my first three four years i was up at eight or nine every single morning so and then i'd sometimes in my first two years i go back home and i might sleep because i might have been up late or i might have gone out with people third after my third year like I started transitioning to what she said. Like I started, if I had an early class, I went to the library right away after. The next year when I took um, biomechanics, it was library every time after class to go over my notes and make sure that I remembered things that he talked about. And like I talked to Tristan about this, like uh, the first first test we had the next year, I had the highest mark in the class. Now, granted, I'm going to say that there were some old tests floating around between people that were studying mm-hmm. and it wasn't as if I had searched it out. People yeah. in the class had been like, yo, these tests have been like circulating between a group of like 12, 15 students. Like, do you want to look at them? And the year before I said, no. Mm-hmm. And I got the horrible mark. And then that year I was like, well, why not? Like last year I didn't do well. Let me, let me just take it.
0: Was it the exact same test?
2: Appar- were- so, so listen, like I, 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 I wrote the test. Some of the stuff was on it. I was like, man, like just like, I feel like I know everything. <laughs> so he did like a PSA, like kind of like this guy did, did really well. And so the next like month or so, like I'm in the library, I'm still studying and some, you know, try hard, a guy that really like wants to be top of the food chain in academics comes up to me. And he's like, yo, I heard you, I heard you did really well. Like, do you want to study sometime? And I was like, uh, I mean, like, i didn't know the guy at all i was like i should I, maybe i should have said yes because i probably could have taken a lot from him sure. but i was just kind of like i was kind of closed off it was uncomfortable you know like yeah just kind of a little thrown off and then he's like yeah i heard you i heard you did, i heard you had the test too like did, is that true and i was kind of like like who told you that i was like well a bunch of people had it and then literally the next week the t uh sasha was like So, I heard some people had uh, the test before the test was given. So, by the way, the next test we're doing is going to be completely new. So, don't worry, you can't cheat on this one. Like, kind of like throwing shade. I felt like he was throwing shade at me. Yeah. uh, Because I thought he was, he seemed generally like happy that I did well. And then, anyways, I ended up getting like a 70 or 68 on the next test, which in that course is like still a good mark.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) So, it was kind of like he, he, I think he kind of realized, like, no matter what, like, I would still started taking school serious. And I still, he would like, I think he tried to, like, be like, I'm going to catch this guy. Like, I'm going to get him for cheating, yeah. even though I can't prove it. Somebody came and snitched or ratted on, but it mm-hmm. didn't happen. And that was, like, kind of, like, the transition, what Joe was talking about was, like, you actually have to start taking school serious. Like, as, as yeah, as, as much time as... And I think Joe can attest to this. Like, I don't think I ever... I'm never going to say, like, I wish I didn't work as hard as I did as an athlete to be as successful as I was as an athlete.
1: Um,
2: because I learned... as The lessons I learned from hard work and from, yeah. like, you know, grinding and moving my way up the food chain in terms of, like, respect and pure respect and, and conference respect, like, I don't want to take any of that away. Sure. But I will say, like, it is... like. Touching on what she said, it is a tough balancing act. Like,
1: yeah,
2: you know, if if you want to be really successful in sport, like you definitely have to put in work unless you're exceptionally blessed. And and if you want to put in work and be top of the food chain in school, you know, you're gonna probably arguably have to put in the same amount of time or more. And that's mm. for an athlete, man. Like that is a difficult decision. It's like, do I want to be known as the best player on my team or do I want to be known as that all that academic all Canadian like? and both hold don't get me wrong both hold equal amount of weight even mo- people might say like the academics holds more because it transfers more to to maybe yeah. professional life i'm not going to go that far because i find a lot of a lot of successful athletes do take a lot of really important lessons like she said yeah. and apply it to life too some i would argue that maybe some that have, are blessed with exceptional you know talent that might not have to work as hard as other might struggle a bit to transition into life because things came easier to them and they start you know why why aren't I getting you know the love that I got as an athlete in in my job you know well maybe you're not as good as your job as you are as an athlete and you have to start working harder at yeah. certain things you know become but that, like for me, like it, it it almost like hit me, like it's just like the exact same thing. Like you, you realize like, man, like I gotta actually like, you're not a first or second year. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, when you start meeting people too, and then those people like meet, meet like if like, oh, this Joanna's amazing, like girl, like let me ask about who she is like in the classroom. And then you're like, oh, she's only, she's getting by with fifties or sixties. Like nobody, yeah. nobody wants, nobody wants to go meet somebody and be introduced to them as like this exceptional athlete. And then having the back of their mind, like, man, I hope they don't go talk to my teachers across yeah. about me. Cause then they might say something different.
3: You're also confirming that like athlete stereotype, you know, like they're just good at their sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all they're good for. And like after, after university, they'll just be like a bum, you know, like yeah. literally what, what, what people like, uh, like think about athletes in general, but realistically i like, just to touch on what you were saying well like how um and, it hits us in our, so late like it hits us in our third yeah, year but definitely. like what what education has taught me like is that we we need to be taught the skills in order to use them right just like we grew up playing basketball you you were dribbling in your basement or in your driveway when you were young you're practicing right mm. and just that's the same thing with school and that's the same thing with studying it's if you have to work at it in order to be good at it and you have to practice in order you have to give, be given the school the skills on how to note take how to listen to a lecture and write down the important things like
2: man a so skill, true that's, a
3: skill that's not taught to it's years or or our second years and and by the time you find it you're in your third and fourth year you know it's
2: crazy right? you say that because i can picture coach being like sit in the front row and take notes but like that's saying it Sure. but not explaining how to do it yeah. is, a, is a different skill. Like that's not a, it's a, wait, exactly what she's saying, man. Like you, you, man, you can't just tell a kid, you can't tell a kid that got by in high school with borderline, you know, I'm not saying Joe did, but like a lot of, a lot of, you know, exceptional athletes sometimes just get by in school and then telling them like, yo, make sure you go to class yeah, and make sure you take notes how does somebody take notes if they don't even know what note taking means? Exactly. That's exactly. like a lot of people don't understand the difference between taking notes and actually listening and just, to lectures and, write down, and yeah, writing, writing down, down proper highlighting stuff in your yeah. book. like,
0: And then and, the importance of going back over it after. Yeah. Right? Precisely. You know, who does that?
1: Like yeah.
0: the people that understand the value of it, do it because they're like, this is repetition. Like this actually works, but we're yeah. not, it's and it doesn't come natural, especially and bouncing ball or putting it in. Associated fun yeah. that kind of comes natural, and you want to do that. For a lot of people, school, studying and writing, taking notes, isn't necessarily fun.
3: Yeah.
0: And so it doesn't come natural to a lot of people.
3: Also, you I like not- doing you like doing things you're good at. Like if you're not good at school, or it's been sure. cold, you, you've been told when you are younger like you're not you're not that strong in math. Like you're gonna. Uh-huh hold that with you, and you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to try, and I'm not going to be good at math, because I was told I wasn't good at math, so I'm not going to practice, I'm not going to look for ways to be Uh. better, like, that's, that's, like, an internal thing that you hold on to, and, like, with basketball, or with rugby, like, you practice at it, because you're good at it, and you like it, and you enjoy it, and even the hard things are fun, and, like, you know, like, that's, that's another thing to So before even this, would that ever raise
0: your mind, like, I'm sure you this into your students or, or, is, this, or is that just a of a, a, a thought
2: that we
3: started Sorry, I that? I, I,
2: yeah, I... I can't hear you.
0: You're... Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Tell me, am I good now? Yeah. yeah. So I said before we even had this conversation about not being taught the importance of skill t- uh, uh, note-taking, was that ever a thought in some, uh, in your mind that was something that you want to teach to your students?
3: Well, like I think our education program, like, if you ever want to go back and do education, I say you go to St effects. Like, yeah, uh, again, like the, it's unreal how how our classes go, but we're taught that. like we're we're taught that you need to explicitly teach people what you want them to learn. so you you can be teaching content all you want, but if you don't teach a kid how to write their ABCs, how to write sentences, how to how to form research papers, how to note take, they won't be successful because what you're asking of them is skills that they don't have.
1: Interesting. And as
3: a teacher, you're supposed to teach those skills in order for your students to be successful, in order for you to teach the content that they need in order to pass that specific course. Right.
0: Because you know, in my head, I think a teacher is just taught that you need to teach these people this certain content or this certain topic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you're saying it's actually the opposite. You're being taught the tools to help them learn.
3: Yeah, so even, even in like, I know like elementary school you're taught your ABCs blah 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 but like in in high school you need to be taught like how to critically think yeah so if, if I if I if I present you something and you you just believe everything I'm going to say like that's not critical thinking you're not thinking right. deeper. You're, like you're not looking into why why I should you should believe the same things I believe right I'm and, not... Again, And it comes back to more like I'm I guess well, now you guys are saying it, and like it, it, it really makes a connection sure. in my head. Like the two, like how I said, it's, it's not, it's not the sport, but the things you get out of the sport. Ooh. I think it's the teacher. It's what the teacher teaches you, the skills and the basis of what they teach you, not right. the content. Nice. But it's not the fact that I'm in grade 12 world history. It's the yeah. fact that my teacher is teaching me how to show like, uh, like continuity and change between yeah, I, generations. Well, that's, that's, and,
0: it's it's
2: that's so true and and it's crazy that you're saying that because my time at x one of my favorite courses that i learned the most from was probably what you would deem an easy course but it was easy in the sense that the teacher actually explained like listen
1: this
2: is this is the marking system this is what i'll expect on your assignments your papers um and this is what i'll expect on your exams okay like i'll give you Say he'll give me like three short answer questions and or four short answer questions and two long answer questions, right? But he'll give you like he'd give you like eight topics for the short answers and and six topics for the long. Hmm. But other than that, and then all all year all he does is teach you the history. Like yeah. he teaches you what you're supposed to know about hmm. and then he gives you the format in terms of how you're going to be marked and yeah. how he he'll, he'll expect you to express like what you learn. Mm-hmm. And it's way easier to learn when you're, when you feel like you're not always having to second guess yourself and, yeah, and sure. it's a trick question or, and I know history might be a little bit different because you're literally learning about, like you're just taking in content. So it might be a little different, but I don't, I don't really think so. I think if, if teachers were to be less about um, trying to, trying to trick you and trying to to do you know um, all these like secret ways of of you know I get I get you don't want everybody having like a hundred percent but man like that for me that like it's crazy that you say that and that stands out to me as one of my favorite courses
1: yeah.
2: and it was such an untraditional like like the guy he was a really like he craw- he was dressed as a woman sometimes like he's smoking cigarettes all the time mm-hmm. before classes like he was just straight to the point like yeah. Didn't, there was no joking around. There was no, you know, what do you guys like? It was just like, this is what I expect. Here's what we're going to learn
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and show me. Yeah. And, and it's one of the courses that to this day like stands out to me that I remember the most things about, like I, I you know what I mean? Like I learned a lot from that course.
0: Yeah. Joe, I'm, I'm worried that um, because you're an athlete and you understand the importance of like, take all the skills that you learn as an athlete. That mm-hmm. That's to your benefit. I'm worried that there's other people that ha- haven't learned those skills in another setting that aren't absorbing the information that you're being taught as a teacher the mm-hmm. same way you are.
3: And uh, I, that's funny you ask that because we see, like, in our education classes, you see the difference of how people think, right? You, yeah. we, in our second year, we write our teaching philosophy. So this is pretty much like like your your blueprint of how you want to become a teacher and how you want to teach students in your future. Right. And like it varies from I'm strictly content person, like they need to know this, this, that, to I'm developing like the kid. Like I could care less about the content. Yeah. I want to make sure that this student this kid, each kid that comes through my doors knows who they are by the time they learn. Where leave. do you fall on
1: that scale? Oh, I'm,
0: Confident. De- I'm
3: definitely all the kid. Like I I think every skill that you need it, it it will be taught to you, of course. But you can't learn unless you feel safe, you feel comfortable, you feel like you. Nice. You know what I mean? So true. That's growth and that's where growth happens too. Yes. It's not only that like you feel safe here, but you feel like you can mess up. You feel like you can you can ask that question you feel like and, and when teachers say like there's no stupid question just ask it but then you have kids like in the corner snarking at
1: questions
3: yeah. it's about building that culture within your classroom too and understanding that like there there are no stupid questions maybe they just need clarification maybe the way mm-hmm. i'm saying something doesn't resonate the way that it does in in tristan's mind that it does in will's mind you know what i mean 100%. And, like you have to understand again you're dealing with kids from uh, and on your that's time, real too, and and Everywhere you go in life, everyone's carrying an invisible backpack with things uh. that they come from, things that they've overcome, things that they've been through, they them the way they are, right? So you have to understand that as as a as a teacher, as someone who walks through life, like you have to understand that. So in order for you to, and it's not to say that people won't won't get you angry or mess up or like you won't think like uh, bad things or you know what I mean, it's, it's literally. Like you understand that that that's the that's what helps them grow that's where they need to be in order to grow and you need to create that environment as a teacher within your classroom in order for each person from those various backgrounds to grow so important
0: that's where I'm afraid that other people other t- teachers or people that are becoming teachers aren't thinking the same way and it just I think it just proves the importance of sport or the value of sport because to hear I don't think you would you would think that way if you didn't play or if you didn't have a culture like your rugby team where you learned all these all these values
3: yeah as well as that too like I there's some athletes in our program who don't think the way that I think okay. there's some who think content is like more important right mm. but it, but then again it comes to my individual experience and how because we're, we're teachers but we we also have individual experiences too sure. which is why we're the way we are and which is why we teach the way we teach hundred yeah. percent. So for me, my background, my, like my parents have always taught me growing up to be open, to be kind to everyone, to, to understand that people are going through things, to understand that you may be going through things. Like, yeah. I grew up like that. So when I got to sport, it, it, it translated into sport. And now I'm, I'm finding out why my teammates are acting the way they're acting, what's going on in their personal life, how is everyone doing academically. You care about the whole person, and then they mm. can perform for you. You know, for sure. The same thing within the classroom. You care about the student. You teach, you, you, you create that safe environment for them to learn. And then and then they could perform for you. You know, they could perform the things that you're, you're, you're telling them, the, the things that you're asking of them. And they can do it to the best of their ability.
2: And um, you, you said you did, did you know you were going to do a double major? Like, was that part of the plan? Like, when you first showed no. up year one? Not no. at
3: all. I was, I don't even, <laughs> I just declared um, like you know how you have to declare like what, doing a BA or a BSE like I, that's all I did, and then I got to my third year and they're like you have to declare your major, and I was like what we have to declare a major we have to have like courses that you have Is that to take, what- <laughs> and I was in like in my third year I was in like second year courses and I was like I didn't even know you have to take this last year so by the time I got to declare my major I had enough credits to for my uh, to to declare two majors, so I was like. Oh, okay like let me just do that and then that looks
2: great
3: in my fourth year I just took courses that um that like fit into my electives and stuff like that sure.
2: so that's and uh, man it's so funny that that you say you had kind of no idea like man mm-hmm. Tristan Joe like when I was in my first year first second year I'm sure you guys have had stories like this when I was with Bear we we're up on top of the uh in the OC the computer the like, computer mm-hmm. lab that's I don't know if it's, think it's still
3: class. there. now, yeah.
2: So they just used to have computers up there when when I was there, and you could go up like you could just go up and go on the computer. So we were up there, and Bear's like, "Let me just check uh, check like what my books are saying, like how much I got to pay." <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: And this kind of ties into you saying like I had no idea what I needed to like take. Like it, yeah. So my first year, like coach kind of helped players pick certain courses, and he put me in some English course. Mm-hmm. And we're looking like man the books cost like eight nine hundred dollars like for just this one course and i'm like i'm looking at bear i'm like yo like he must think i'm crazy i was like drop right now and i just didn't even i didn't even consider like it didn't affect it didn't affecting me but it was just one of those decisions like as a like first second year like you don't even consider like you're not even thinking about like year four like what do i need like you're just like seven eight hundred nine hundred bucks for books yeah. like i'm not taking this course I'm like are you yet kidding yet. me like done you don't, don't give me something else or There's, it's a
3: night class and you're like yeah. i can't i'm not doing that Draw <laughs> yo
2: it's just funny that you say that and maybe was that like kind of like when you shift it when you're like oh shit like i actually gotta
3: start like yeah so like thinking
2: about school
3: even the fact like like the fact that like first year you don't know you're coming in and you're like you're pretty much left, like, dropped on an island. You don't know anything, right? Like
2: Everybody just leaves you. Your yes, parents leave you're you. you
3: thinking, like, I, well, I'm just going through this because everyone else is doing it around me. Like, I'm just going to do it, too. Oh,
2: so it's
3: choosing courses, courses. And by the time I got to my third year, I was like, I went to go see a, um, an academic advisor because I was like, um people are telling me I need to take this if I'm uh. trying to declare any major in this mm. case. And I'm like, like, can you help me out here? So I... I, li- I went there, and they were like, you have to take statistics, you have to do this, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, no way, I was like, I, so you're telling me, I would have got to my fourth year, about to apply for X-Ring and graduation, and they would have been like, sorry, you can't graduate, you know what right. I mean, like, they would have been like, you don't have the necessary credits in order to mm. graduate, and I was like, well, who was going to tell me, yeah and, like, and then again, like, that's the same thing as, like, equipping, like, for me, equipping your students, and your players, and your whatever, with the knowledge that they need in order to sorry, navigate sorry. even, even secondary, post-secondary education. You know?
2: So that, that leads me to wonder, I mean, I know you guys are re- a really super successful uh, rugby team. Did you guys have like academic advisors? Cause I, that's the thing, like, and I don't know if it's different, like if he just assumed like most girls would understand the process of like mm-hmm. how that works, but with the ball team, and I mean, Shan kind of touched on this in a podcast where like she even expressed like at, at same kind of thing at X where, or sorry, SMU, that guys kind of, it seems like guys struggle a bit more in terms of academics,
1: mm-hmm.
2: whereas like an academic advisor was like almost necessary to keep people like in school almost. Like I'm not going to say all guys, but like mm-hmm. Denton was like necessary to he let was. coach know and coach still looked at people's marks. Mm hmm. But I don't know. Like, is it is it a cultural thing? Like, do, like
3: I don't. So we have like we have a an academic advisor, Charlene. She's amazing. But you have forty girls and forty different.
2: It's bigger team. Like, it's four, four times bigger.
3: Life. And like four different, yeah. And she's a professor herself. De- like she has her own life as well. And Charlene Weaving. Yes. Yeah. Hi, she's, still okay. our, she's still our uh, our academic advisor today but like she tell her she, said hello she I probably will. doesn't
2: even she probably doesn't remember me but <laughs> she she had some fun courses yeah she did she does she, she does like, everyone talks yeah. about her
3: courses all the time
2: her courses is really fun actually a quick story before you start is Ashley Steven, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was her course man I can't remember the name of it but Ashley opened up like the the, the floor there's like 60 students and she's like can't remember what the question or topic was she's like oh this guy back here, he's white chocolate and everybody in the class is like, (laughs) like looks back and I'm looking at Ashley. Like, I'm like, yo, like what? Like, and it was just like one of those, like, that's the type of class in the environment that like, it was those topics to like fun kind of things that are entertaining to talk about and listen and learn. But back to, so she was dealing with about, yeah. So she's got like three and a half times what a
3: basketball advisor would have. And like, um, and she is also like she's a very like big talk, in the, you know, in the HK department. And, like, of course. So we as like she knows everything to do with HK, but me coming in as like we don't actually know what we want to do in the arts. And you're like you can literally take any path. Like it's hard for to, sure to keep track of that, right? So like it's almost on you yourself to to be like, okay, I want to do this, and then go to Charlene with like your your what you want to do but like if you don't know what you want to do then you don't know what you have
2: to do yeah you she can't she can't check on she can't check on all the art students in year one or two and be like this is what you're going to be great at exactly
3: mm-hmm. exactly so we do have academic advisors but there are a lot of us There's of course of us. i yeah. didn't
2: i didn't even consider that that you guys are such a big team it's 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 a completely different beast in terms yeah. of yeah, accountability and and mm-hmm. watching over
0: that seems to be the theme with a, with university in general like we always we all feel like I felt like that that was almost a criticism of mine where I would walk into Denton's office and I was like what are you talking about I need these forces to get this minor and these pairs yeah. like I don't even I don't even like that like I was, yeah. I'm a major that's not why I'm here why am I taking a music class or like an uh yeah. or an art whatever and, and it's just like like you said you don't almost in that like it it almost should be done in high school for the students that are choosing to go to university to learn the the structure
3: of how it works. Yeah,
0: degree or of how it works. Because I just feel like we're all uh, underprepared,
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: almost if you let it go and let it go and let it go and you don't actively search for help yourself, yeah, it's going you're gonna get slapped in the face come your third year.
3: Yeah. T- also, you can't search for help if you don't know you need help, too, right? For so like, sure. If, if you're around, like, if you, if, for example, for me in my, my family, my, me and my brothers, we were the first to go to post-secondary and mm. do a full, uh, full degree. And I was the first and only one to go away. Okay. So this whole school system was, like, mm. new to navigate for my whole family. Yeah. It wasn't just, like... Oh, just this me, and I have to look up to someone else to do. Like I was navigating this on my own, bringing the ideas to my parents, and they're like, "Okay, well maybe we can do this," or search sure. this place for it for the answers. When like I wasn't taught anything about that in high school, and or or anything about the structure of how Sane effects wow. itself works. When when really we should we should focus on those first years and like how they come into school, not only in sport but for first years in general, and how they come into school because it, it, it projects for how they're gonna end school, right? Sure. So, so true. If you don't know if you hate it if you hate it in first year, if you don't like it, if you don't know what to do, if you're failing, you're gonna fail out. Yeah. You know, it's like that's your that's your projected uh your where you're gonna Outcome. go, right? So ask like if you prepare your kids in first year, of course you're gonna get the dropouts. Of course. Like there's that's inevitable. But yeah you get more people who are finding themselves who are actually valuing education because people are like Oh, a a, a bachelor degree does nothing for you. Right. I would say maybe I don't have a job in my field that I graduated with, but I know so much more about the people around me because of my undergraduate degree. You know, true. and I, I, I know so much more about, about everything and how people communicate because my class sizes were small, because i like, so I'm, true. Everybody's opinions on how they're thinking and where where these ideas are coming from. Like, and that's I think that's something that's super unique to X is that we get to literally like you said ashley in your class was like hey this is white chocolate like you would yeah. never be able to do that in a lecture hall to mm-hmm. no and and you're you're you probably went th- through school together so you're you went through your first second third year together now you're comfortable with each other not to share yeah. your opinions and your ideas and things around you know and that's that's like suit that to me didn't happen until later in my undergrad where i was like Okay, like maybe let me, like I'll raise my hand and like then say that, that kind of like outrageous thing or like thing that like might be far fetched and then people like like vibe off of it and you're like, whoa, like this is what learning is, you know? Yeah. Like, this is what education is. Like this is, it's not that like thing that's sold to you like you need this to get to get a job. It's like this is what I need in mm-hmm. order to be successful at life. Like
2: yeah. so true. <laughs> like, yeah, life is much deeper than how much, how many degrees you have or certificates. It's, it's being able to understand Spirit. people. Yeah. And, and just learn yourself and learn the people around you being able to like Tristan, you always talk about it, like reading, reading faces, like mm. reading body language, reading yeah. delivery and messages, tone of voice, like all those things are really important. Yeah. They might not get you like a certain position, at, at a high end job that you might need, but they'll separate you. Once you get that, once you get that, that education that you're needed, that will separate you from other people that don't, that don't have those experiences because they're in 200 pe- person classrooms yeah. and didn't, didn't talk and didn't, you know what I mean? And yeah. don't,
0: and don't forget the things you learn outside of the classroom by going to the bars or going to parties and getting in trouble and doing things you shouldn't right like it's just it's the not whole, sure where
2: you were going with that it, one. i was it, waiting for a crazy story or something <laughs> to come out it's, it's it's the
0: it's the whole experience that comes with an undergrad that makes you more of a complete person because really it's the it's the first time in your life that you're given freedom to experiment a little with all these kind of like being an adult or it's just where
2: that's actually true that's, that like we, we talked to donko about the kind of his parents being a bit stricter at home and then when he when he went to X he was kind of like i want to say like free but like he said he did have a little more freedom to walk yep. in his house late yeah. and for me what you just said like you know it is important for kids to to experience those things like me like getting really drunk for the first time and having to stumble home and making a fool out of myself in front yep. of all my friends you know, and like.
3: And how safe is that? Was that at X? You know what I mean? Like you felt safe too. Like. One hundred
2: percent, because you can't.
3: One like, of like that. Being in Toronto, like, and you're going to Ryerson, and that happens to you, uh, you're like, you're uh, in danger. It's you so know, true. Like, you're genuinely in danger. Damn. Nice. You're,
2: you're around grown, like you're around yeah. any walks of life. Exactly. In in the middle of nowhere, where at X, like it's a, it's a kind of a controlled environment almost. Mm-hmm. As yeah. con- as controlled as it can. As. It feels as weird to con- say that. It does. It it feels like man. It, to me, did you guys ever watch the Truman Show?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: Like it felt like X is like just in this bubble where like there was like some people like directing the show and like no matter what people did, it was it, nothing could happen. And we, I don't like guys like Koshi we had on the show. I don't think you've ever met Koshi um, or Enoch. Enoch was Koshi's brother. Um, they both played football there. Those guys, they're they're part of the black culture. And so. Those guys would always say, like, X is like the Matrix. Like, it's not real life. It's like mm-hmm. everything that happens at X is like kind of like in this weird, weird, its own reality. Like, it's, <laughs> it's its own little show. And then, yeah. And then when you go back home for summers, you're like, it's like a quick little dose to reality. You're like, okay, like, this is so different. This is so much <laughs> different than what X is like. And then, then you go back to X. And then, yeah.
0: don't get us like, tr- oh, There were, there were situations that, you weren't invincible like oh of
2: course, oh, of, of course. And, and 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 people would yeah 100 percent. guys have experienced that like i can attest to that like people just kind of doing things and then boom you know an rcmp officer shows up or a yeah. coach calls you into his office or the student the student uh what are they called again the student um Services, like, like the, the dean board. of students or whatever yeah. like yeah. the guy yeah, that yeah. is Calls calls you into his room because I mean this shit wasn't happening to me but uh, like I have stories about yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, uh,
1: but,
0: but but you're right. It, it is almost like this controlled environment and it's important that growing up you learn these things. Because mm. You learn, you, learn you, kind of, you kind of experience what going too far is or it's important. It's it, like at the end of the day, experience is important in all facets of life because sure. if you don't experience it. It's always going to be this foreign thing. You're not going to be, you're not going to have a grasp or or what outcomes can come from it, or right. And that's why it's so important to try new things.
2: Yeah. So. Um, I, I got a question. Um, with your teaching and and being in Annie Ganesh, like, are, are you? What's your plan? Like, following education, do you could you see yourself staying in Nova Scotia, or you see yourself definitely going back to Ontario?
3: Well, the teaching, like, teaching in Ontario right now is, like, really at a standstill because I all of the... the stuff that's going on. But ideally, I would like to come back home. That's where, like, my family is everything to me. And, like, mm-hmm. I always want to be close or nearby them. And I've been away for six years. So it's like I kind of want to come back. But mm-hmm. I've gotten a few offers in, in, in Nova Scotia and uh, one in Alberta. And hopefully – if I don't get to come home, I get to stay in Nova Scotia. I know it. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's now I've spent all my like all my adult years have been in Nova Scotia. So
2: you've grown up. You've grown up past grow. Like your your yeah. maturation has happened. And
3: exactly, exactly. So I hope to either stay around Aniganish or somewhere near Halifax. Nice.
2: That's yeah. interesting. Um, I I I don't know like if this is offside, but I've always you can just be like, I don't want to talk about it, or it's not, like, but um, being on a team, like, a, on a male basketball team, when I got to X, like, the high school team I played on was just, like, everybody was clowns, everybody fooled around, like, did stupid stuff, like, whether it be, like, going into the shower, or, like, coming out naked, like, just doing stupid stuff, and, like, guys got, com- like, you, you learn to be comfortable with your body and stuff, um, and at X, like, based on people being from different environments, you know, different religions, different backgrounds, like some guys would be really homophobic and, and have like trouble um, even just like being around a guy showering like naked. Um, And I, I know like my time at X, like I, I found like, I don't know if it's like kind of unsaid or like if it's known, but like, I would say that like when I played, there's definitely like some girls that like um, dated girls Mm. And and I heard like at, like whether it be between like intra team or like between does, what essentially I'm getting at like if if that like is is a thing that's like you know happened did it ever like caught like is like, that
3: for us it's super normalized right like like a lot of like rugby's so high with with uh, gay girls lesbians on our team within. Uh, the only problem we we would get into is when our players date our players. That's what I was
2: trying to. That's what yeah. I'm trying to get at. Like
3: that. That's an issue. It's not like our coach said, no, you're not. You're not supposed. Oh, yeah. to. He's never. Play. Yeah. But it obviously caused issues around uh, like game time and practices and stuff like that and tension.
2: Right. But interesting.
3: For, while I was there, like people knew how to navigate those. Even so, like even if you despise this person because you just broke up, like you knew how to handle right. on the field. And I think that we were super good at separating the two as well. Yeah. And of course it got sometimes it got heated at practices and stuff like that, but it was definitely um, separated. And like in the chain like in, in our locker room and stuff like that, like we we were just so open with each other. Like we, we barely had showers that work, but we had one shower that worked. So people would just be walking around naked waiting to mm-hmm. get a shower. Like it's like there's there was no unco- we weren't uncomfortable with if, if it's, like, said, we were probably too comfortable with one another. Like, mm-hmm. we're, like our locker room was, like, our sanctuary. Like, like, we were literally, like, way too comfortable with one another.
2: But I think, I mean, you guys won. Like, you guys. So, mm-hmm. I don't think, I couldn't say, like, it's hard to say, like, you guys are too comfortable. Because, essentially, like, you're doing everything that every other team wants to do. Whereas, yeah. like, you know, I'm playing, with, I'm playing with guys that are, like, ex- have extremely strong opinions on that mm-hmm. kind of stuff let alone yeah. not even in the, the locker room like i yeah. couldn't and like i just couldn't picture like i don't know what would happen in a male basketball locker room if two guys were dating like i honestly like it's so interesting to hear you like normalize it and say like yo like it was it's known like it's yeah. acceptable it's accepted like we just you know we we try to stay as professional as we could in terms of like our sport and our team right. but like it was just it happens it happened it's going to happen
1: mm-hmm.
2: you just like you find ways to to deal with it huh. whereas like i can't picture no there there would be there i, would I be, like can't bro. understand like it's and it's so it's i think people need to listen to what you're saying because like man like i'm not like me personally i've never had any urge for any of that kind of stuff but like i i'm one of those people that like i don't care what other people do as long yeah. as i'm not being you know being being forced, into, being, air, being forced into something that you know what I mean like
0: you're not yeah like back to developing a winning culture this this now especially in like basketball culture, male basketball culture this is a tu- this is a subject that's that's there's very polarizing views yeah on both pos- like I would say really negative polarizing views. That come with it but just going back to developing a winning culture this is only something that will take years to normalize um even more so like i'm not saying it's normalized in women culture or women's rugby it definitely is more but um yeah will i don't know like i've had many many experiences inside the locker room where guys would say like very polarizing views and it's 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 something that it's hard to even see um becoming normalized in the i future. think it it's
3: it's like it really comes down to back to like that mass like society's idea of what a man and what masculinity is <laughs> and and how the athlete and probably in football and basketball you are the ideal what it means to be a man. Alpha,
0: alpha male it, like, yeah, yeah. You
3: are like and so That idea, in order for for it to be broken down in the locker room and normalized, you would have to break down that that stereotype in itself, Uh right? You would have to break that down. And then, from that, you would have to develop people who come in to be comfortable with who they are. Because if I'm comfortable as a straight woman, to Mm. be comfortable being a straight woman, then you doing whatever you're doing doesn't affect me.
2: Sure. This is...
3: And it this just is, doesn't it just doesn't affect me like uh-huh. how people would get angry and mad that that people would be gay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's their life. Like you said, that's uh-huh. their their thing. And I'm comfortable with who I am, which is why I don't need to like like overcompensate for that.
2: I've never. Yeah, it's something that's always. I just really wondered that um, because like even when you move past like what exactly what you're saying, but like and then and then there's like there's lower tiers to that conversation when it doesn't involve maybe being, being um, gay, but just like other, other stereotypes that come with being an athlete and, and, and then being comfortable to like, Tristan, talk about who you are in a locker room. Like, Mm. you know, like you said, like not knowing anything about basketball, being talking basketball in a basketball environment.
0: I would would get discredited if, if I, of
2: course. And it's just like, it's just like that, that, it's just for me it's like kind of eye-opening to see like how open and how Mm -hmm. you your team was with each other and how everybody was kind of for the most part comfortable with each other no matter what yeah whereas like you go to like the masculine the it it almost seems like the more stronger masculine view is the more insecure Uh, like like views on life where it's like it's like this is the only way at which you can be oh, on this team. Mm-hmm. And if you're not like this, like you're just a, like, you shouldn't even be on the team or like you're, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care what you do when you go home. Oh like, yeah. That's not you
1: know what I mean,
2: like if you show up and you hoop and you ball out, like, and, and you, you ride for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do I care? Like everybody's going to be different in life. If we're all the same, like what it, the hell are, what the hell are we living for? It,
0: that, would, it was to the point where I felt genuinely bad Mm -hmm. for the odd case that there may be someone in this locker room that is gay, Mm -hmm. yet them trying, them hearing, hearing the environment that's being, being uh, voiced, like, how does that person feel not being able to be, be themselves, or be accepted, or like, I just felt terribly, like, Imagine if someone in this room right now is gay Mm -hmm. and they're hearing all these things.
3: And it also builds like that, that tension within your environment too. Right. Like that comes, like I had a friend who I brought into um, our locker room right before I was, like the day I graduated, we went to like grab my stuff and he was like, you can literally like, like feel like the winning in this room. And I was like, what do you mean? It's just our locker room. You know what I mean? Like, it's just our locker room. And he's like, no, like, this literally, like, it feels. It feels mm-hmm. different. His greatness. Like, yeah, and I was like, it's literally, like, if you have that tension, those energies sure. in your locker room, it's gonna reflect in your positive. play. It's yeah. gonna reflect in your relationship with one another. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna be a mirror of what you're giving out, right? And, and that's exactly what you're gonna get from it too. And it comes back to like building that environment of, of positivity, of. of so true, man. Of, of safety within for people to grow people to do their best because now not not only talking about if someone were game in the locker room but talking about like maybe even giving giving your best effort if i'm always yelling at you saying like you suck like you need to pass me the ball better like i can't believe you even would kick the ball there how are you going to feel when when we're in the locker room or how are you going to feel when you're when i'm trying to talk to you again yeah how how is it my neighbor going to be scared because they're going to think i'm going to talk to them that same way you know what i mean so it's like you have to build that that dialogue within your within your the culture, whatever culture you're trying to build. and it, it's it's deep rooted in in everything in your energies and how you you, you navigate that.
2: the energy is the talk is crazy for me because i I believe in that one hundred percent. and it it's so interesting to hear you say like the tension, like people feel the tension, like I, like no question. you know what I mean? like mm. and and that's the thing like, if you go to it, like whatever, you know, whatever team people go to, like you're there to play that sport. Like you're not there to judge people's off the court behavior. You're not, you're not there to judge what they wear. You're not there to judge like the music that they like, you know, whether they're white or whether they're black or if they have a weird, funny voice, you're literally there to pretty much do one thing. That's, that's win and that, and that's develop. a a culture and a a team environment like everything else like is outside of that and that's the thing that like for me like I always I always notice that way more in in like I just want to get like the the feel in terms of like a women's rugby team that's been so successful to compare to like a men's basketball team that like maybe hasn't been as successful well it hasn't been as successful as your your women's team and it's just trying to maybe like I don't know, underlying I'm not saying that there was tons of like gay guys that I played with or that have played there. It's just like the it's it goes deeper than that. It's just like yeah, yeah. what you're saying about being different and having energies and being able to communicate properly. Yeah.
3: Rugby's is a super yeah. unique sport for that too, because like like I play on the same team as like a one hundred and ten pound winger. You know what I mean? Like there's a spot yeah. for everybody. Like it's not like You need to be this one way, this one dimensional. And also too, it comes to like the kids you have coming in. Like everybody was the best at their program. Right. And in rugby you have the chance like with with our big roster, you have the chance to like have a quick reality check on where your spot is on this team. Mm. I mean, and like I feel like a lot of the guys who come into like you have maybe two or three, four recruits, five max.
2: That's five's a lot. Like even five or six is a lot.
3: You have them come in, and they can they can fit right into your team, right? Yeah. They can they can come in and and do do what maybe a third year is doing. Yeah. But because that of the experience that you need to play rugby at this level, like you you almost come in in waves, and you come in, in, in where your where your place is. Mm-hmm. So if you're first year, you may not start until the end of your second year. You know what I mean? So your ego is is chopped down right at the beginning. And you're playing amongst like champions, so you're like, okay. In order for me to be where they are, or in order for me to take someone else's spot, I need to act like that. And I need to put my ego aside and work my butt off in order mm. to, and do so humbly because no one on this team is yeah. showboating. No one on this team is selling after a try because we mm. know what work is has to be done in order to get um, to get a championship. In
2: order get to get back like, to where, yeah.
0: I, th- I think that's an important uh, important point because as basketball players, it's far too often when new guys, rookies, recruits come in and they say, give me my minutes. I'm worth it. Like, mm. ego is so, so strong in that sense where it's rare. It's rare because it's like alpha males. We're, we're confident in our abilities. We were the best in high school and now we're coming. It's rare where we kind of get this reality check. and It's almost like we're hard-head, hard-headed, like – no mm-hmm. coach see it or or i deserve more or yeah. i'm better than this guy it's i love the fact that you say like it's almost inevitable that these girls coming to our program are going to get their ego checked and there's mm-hmm. no other way
1: around it yeah
0: right you can't blame it on anyone else it's just it's reality where basketball is man like nah, like i deserve more or this team doesn't respect me so i'm going to go somewhere mm-hmm. else or like yeah. it's just that's, that's the difference
2: that's it's, awesome. it's it's crazy because matt when matt facetimed me or sorry insta live me today he literally asked me about um going from high school to university and for me since i started basketball late and i was always at the bottom of the food chain like i was always that that rookie or that first year like even in high school like trying to prove trying to work my way up the ladder trying to work my way up the food chain every year right and then I got into university and, I, and for me, since I was always in that role, pretty much, I was always kind of like, I need to keep working. Right. Huh. Whereas yeah. like, whereas like some of the people that I've, I saw come in w- with me or maybe after me that, that weren't coming in like in the same with the same kind of, uh, they were coming in like being like the best player at their high school two straight years. Like coming into a program just being like I'm I'm gonna be like I'm gonna do exact play exactly how I played when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Is like the same the exact same like mentality exactly mm-hmm. what you talk about where it's like mm-hmm. it's like no you're not yeah because like everyone, you...
3: everyone if you're playing at a university level everyone was the best you yeah. know what I mean like you were the best on your team whatever you're coming from so like in my first year there was there were 17 of us i was the only rookie to start i was the only rookie to start for that whole year
1: okay.
3: but by the by the end of the year like you had girls getting in games because they're working you know they're proving that they can handle certain pressures like mm-hmm. and and it's like almost like you 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 earn it you want to earn mm-hmm. it because you know what it takes in order to get into those positions and and you 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 race that person in in sprints at the end of practice or we're doing up downs and and you're the first back to the line because you know that if I show Mike I'm putting in work, I'll mm. get off that field. Because I'm a workhorse and I and I'll do anything to in order to get that spot in order to help my team. Mm.
2: So he was that type of coach? Like would he if it say if there was a rookie or second year that like could take a fourth year spot because like everybody on the team pretty much knew like, yo, this girl's just more athletic, she's stronger and she's taken a year or a few months to kind of get acclimated to the culture, like, would he just be like, you know, you're going to start, or you're going to get way more minutes now than you might have, or did he give...
3: It's kind of, it's super weird, well, with our team, at least, like, we really, like, Mike knows he's going to keep you on the team after his second year, your second year, he doesn't want to waste your time. Mm. He doesn't want you to be here, knowing that by the time we get you to your fourth or fifth year, you're not playing,
1: right? Because
3: everybody should have that reward of being on the field when we win or when when things happen. You know, everyone should be able 100%. to. Hundred percent. So after your second year, if you haven't if you haven't shown up, come back fitter, come back stronger, then he he'll let you go, right? So yeah. by the time you get to your fourth year and you're moving on all cylinders it's possible a second year could take your spot, but it's it's rare.
2: Yeah. It's so, that's so, that's so interesting to see that like in the second year, if he doesn't see improvement, if he doesn't see that you yourself held yourself accountable, then he's just going to be like, what? Like you're wasting, I'm wasting your time because I know I'm not going to play you. And you're wasting Mm -hmm. my time because you're just going to hold up a spot on somebody else. that's going to work hard
3: exactly and, and it, shows, it shows your commitment to the team and the overall team success because every person as they better themselves and as they work their way up their own food chain healthy. you know like they're doing the most that they can do in order to make the team successful So, 100
2: percent, man it's it's unbelievable to hear you say that about that program because like man like i can't even express to you like the amount of frustration i had like even even like just coming back year after year and seeing certain guys like decline or regress or like just be like the, in the exact same spot. And like, it's one of the most frustrating things to this day for me being part of that program, because like the amount of work that I put in to get to where I was at the end was like, I can literally look back and tell people like, tell you like, there is nothing more I could have done to be the player I was at that point in my, like, in my career. Like, I literally, I literally spent day and night becoming a better player in person, mm-hmm. whereas, like, I'll look back and talk to guys on the team and, like, be, like, you kind of, like, you just, you didn't really improve. Like, yeah, I'm sure, cool. you you can tell yourself you had a good career, but, like, mm-hmm. you didn't really do anything. Like, you just showed up and played games or, like, showed up to practice. Like, you you didn't get – you know you didn't get stronger if you did it's only because of your age like you didn't you didn't yeah. go in the gym you know mm. what i mean you just matured athletically and from a body physiological standpoint like that's not to me it's like that's not impressive no yeah to me it's like like i, I look at i it, i have resentment looking back and, and hearing that you guys had this system of like accountability and like you know people you weren't wasting the coaches or people's time on the team let alone like your own but like because that's wasting your time at the same time like when you're putting that work in the summer when like that's something that i look back on that like guys that would show up and complain to the coach about certain things or complain to their little cliques or to their friend groups that they should be playing more they they like i'd be like man like what are you doing to like earn that it's like you're literally the same person you went home you enjoyed your summer Uh sure like Mm -hmm. that's your own choice but don't come back and expect to like be like have this new role on a team yeah when you didn't do anything and like to this day like that's still that still bothers me because my view is exactly kind of what you say like your culture is like Mm -hmm. players when they're done playing playing should be able to look be like i gave everything i could to this like uh, there's nothing i can give take back and i feel comfortable knowing that like my, my potential was exhausted based on what I did sure. and it, it, like, you know, there's always going to be the exceptional, the outliers that just are, are, you know, phenomenal athletes that might not have to work as hard as the, you know, the last person, but they still should, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and the people, the people that are below them are b- trying to move up. They have to, and if they don't, I don't want to hear them talk about, you know, I had a, yeah. I had a good career. Like I had a. It's like, sure. Like, what does that even mean? Like, you just yeah. showed up.
3: Yeah. What's interesting, you say that's like about our culture. Like, I didn't. You don't feel that you're in like a winning culture or like a like a, an, a like a different culture when you're in it. Like when we were when we're in it. Like we don't. We, we're just like okay. We know we always have to do better. Whatever we did, whatever we did last practice. Today we have to be better than the practice before. And yeah. whatever we did last game, we have to do better on what we on the next game, you know, and, and the next game ahead of it. And and I like when I started to think about culture and whatnot was when I had my younger years coming to me asking me, What can I do to improve? And I was like, normally like that's a question you ask your coach, right? And I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, what like what do you mean? What like and they're like, I want to know how did I play in this game or how, how did I, did I do this, this movement, right? Like, how can I get better? And that's when, you know, you've, you've built a good culture because yeah. the growth that people are searching for themselves mm-hmm. is, is unreal. And uh-huh. when, when they're searching for, for growth themselves in order to progress themselves, in order to progress the team, that's when you have that winning culture When people are yeah. searching to do better.
2: That's, that's that, that, Tristan, that's that, that mentality that we talk about all the time. And, and literally how you just described the way that you guys, you're like, you guys were, that's literally was my mindset from the, the, the year I stepped in St. Pat's
1: mm-hmm. to
2: the year I stepped out of St. Evéx. every day. Like it was, you have to get better. Like I don't, you know, you're never, you, and that's not downplaying like accomplishments. It's not down. Like, you're not telling yourself like you sucked every game. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Right. You, you understood that you, you might've had a good game, but the people to 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 find what you, that that winning you know that improvement you always can find there's always ways to improve no one is perfect right so it's yeah. just having having that search to to get better in any way any way possible you know um, it's so absolutely. interesting to hear that like man like makes my heart warm a bit like in terms of like
0: oh absolutely uh, we t- we touched on a lot here. Um, Will, was there anything that you feel that we didn't touch on, and that you wanted to make sure uh, we do while we still have Joanna here?
2: Um, let's ask. Um, like, did you did you find? Hmm, how can I ask this? What What are some of the challenges that you faced, kind of going through high school and university like that? I don't know. You sound like to me, I always talk to Tristan about TOTFC, like the symbol of this, like it's, it's, I always talk about strong foundation to me, based on hearing what you've said so far, like your parents were kind of the foundation, your family's like a foundation for you. Like what were some of the struggles like as a, as a young woman, um, you know, going from high school to university that like, maybe you had to like, like go through or like, cause I mean, when people hear your, your resume, what we talked about, it's like, Oh my God, like this girl, like all she does is win. Like, you know, she, like, you know, did she even ever, did she even struggle? Like what were, you know what I mean? Like, what are some things that like you would tell, what would you tell some girls like in the same position as you maybe like, you know, whether it's a rugby player, whether it's a, a, a black female, like growing up in high school, not knowing, like, you know what I mean? Like you said, you played, you found rugby late, like, what what was Joe doing before rugby? Like what were you like were you successful in what were you doing? Were you struggling with who you were? Like did rugby help you find an identity? Like yeah, how do I just I, I said a bunch of stuff there, but I think you kinda get what yeah, I'm yeah. gauging.
3: So like growing up, um, like I was always in sport. I have two older brothers and we were always playing like always playing everything outside. We had a basketball net outside. We were we we're in soccer. Our dad was our coach in, in, in little league soccer, like we were always that that sports family. Mm-hmm. So I was almost always put in those uh, learning those different uh, skills that you need to be successful, even when I was really young, right? Mm-hmm. But when I, as I got older and and i and I solidified those skills, like it's it's almost like I had a hard time differentiating who who Joe was too, and who was who Joe's parents said she is. You know what mm. I, had, I had like I was always connected with my family always me always me but then I need to find the individual of who Joe was and what Joe believes and how Joe navigates her world because my parents aren't always going to be there to tell me how to think how to act what to say you know write my emails for me like things <laughs> like that you know so it was re- it's it, I think that the most difficult game is the mental game right you fight with yourself so much about who you are and what your identity is and, and how, and, and how this might reflect whatever you're doing, how how it might reflect you as a person. And like, I found that, that finding myself who I am and, and my mentality of who I want to be and how I want to be a positive person. And yes, I'm going to go through things, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, this is not going to be the detriment of me. Like I'm going to make sure that I'm successful because of how much I know I, I'm me. like, I know I'm me. So I'm, I'm going to be me in every situation you put me
0: in. Nice you know, one.
3: I'm going to make sure that where you see me on the field, I, I'm still Joe. Like you see me off the field, I'm smiling because that's just mm. Joe. Mm. You know, you see me in the classroom, I'm saying hi to everyone because that's me. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, that's a, another thing I actually thank my parents for is like, they were always happy once we were happy, you know, and, and they, they allowed us to be Whoever we wanted to be and do whatever we wanted to do, and and if we didn't like sport, we we could quit if we wanted to, but we just never did because we, we we saw the perseverance in, in our parents on how they who they are today and how how they got to where they are in this country because my parents are from uh, South America how they came to this country how they succeeded how they went through trials and tribulations themselves and how they pursued and how they they persevered through it. And, and mm. that was my example growing up too. So even when I was hitting my lowest points, I had them to look to, you know. So. Yeah,
2: to, that's man. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Common theme, Tristan.
0: Very man. In 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 our episodes, it's literally the most successful people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm I'm finding that the most successful people always always relate back to someone that has 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 been there like someone has been right and that foundation is always someone with a ton of experience Mm -hmm. through shitty beginnings rough starts like just all these negative that they eventually pass on to their children and it's almost like they're like look i went through this i didn't I, i didn't get to where i had to go through this so you don't have to exactly yeah but you need the experience that I went through. So yeah. I'm going to hand it to you and you take it and, and see where you can go.
3: For sure. And, and even so, even like watching your parents go through things as you're younger, like that's firsthand experience. In, in, in education, they teach us like students learn best by using their personal experience in order to connect uh-huh. them to the curriculum. That's how they sure. learn best, right? Sure. So if I'm taking your 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 love of basketball and I'm putting it in a math setting, you're going to understand it a little bit more because, because so this is true. what I'm connected with, right? So as my parents, I saw my parents persevere. I saw them go through struggle. Therefore, I now know that I can do that too. And I'm, they're, they're my role models. They were my representation. And now I I can do the same thing. And like me going forward with, with, edu- with education, like I'm a black female and you don't see a lot of black females in teaching. You don't see a lot of black people in general in teaching, right? But True. now I'm a representation of, of people to come. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm, I'm a representation to that little black girl in the class who who maybe feel like, oh, they they're, they're shy about their body or they don't necessarily want to break out of the shell, but they see me yeah. and they see who I am and how I'm I and how I am, and how I can
0: connection for them.
3: radiate my my ideas and how I'm successful and they will will use me as my as their role model, right? That's the only thing I can hope for. And then as they get older, they they're role models to someone else too, right? They're For role sure. Models to other people, other black kids in their class, they're role models to other people in general
0: in their if class. That's how you change society. Yeah. Right. That's. So everyone crazy.
3: thought like that, right? Like we
2: said, uh, we t- we said building a culture and a team is takes a long time.
3: Mm, yeah.
2: Building culture and society an open culture and society takes a long time and it's, it's going to keep taking a long time and we have a long way to go. But those like, man, that is like spot on in terms of, I mean, even talking to Shan, like she was saying, she was saying that one of the reasons why she wanted to go into law school is because of the representation. Like you said, like in Mm -hmm. teaching, there's not a lot of black teachers in law. There's not a black, not a lot of black lawyers. So like that was one of the reasons why it's Mm -hmm. like, I can make an impact on somebody else's life where they can see me yeah. And realize, like, they can be more than what the movies that have been shown yeah. on TV for from 1950 to 2000. And I'm going to say 19 because, you know, Black Panther was like, what, the first superhero movie with yeah. a, a, a black uh, star. Hmm. Like, it's yeah. only now that we're starting to realize that Represent- things that you, yeah, representation yeah. In, in movies and music and things that you see growing up. Yeah. like matter in terms of how you see yourself growing up so and people think
3: like they don't internalize the things that they see when they do that stuff's in your unconscious of that course. stuff's in your, in your biases that stuff's in your in your implicit and explicit biases that those are things that like whatever you give yourself is what you are right like whatever you you're feeding mm-hmm. yourself physically and mentally is what you will be nice one
0: so, okay. so for anyone fe- feeling discouraged with the way society is viewing other people, just like, have some comfort knowing there's people like Joe out here, like- Straight up. In the movement, like, it, it's happening. It's happening
3: slowly but surely. One thing um, I told myself going into education was like, like, I always wanted, I'm like, I'm gonna change the world, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, like, and then I thought about that, I'm like, you know how hard it is to change the world? Sure. But you can change your world. Right, like yep. my little world that people, the people I come in contact with every day, the students that come through my classroom, right. I can change them. I can change their world. I can change the way they view things, the way they view education, right. the way they view other people, the way they view other cultures. Yeah. I can help change that. And if they change other people, then yeah. look at the the of growth course growth, right. Look at the
2: opposite coronavirus.
3: Exactly.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh joe um just wrapping this up uh we always ask our guests
2: before you ask it before you ask it i'm gonna say one i have one more question yeah um Mm -hmm. i asked i asked uh shan this i asked shelby this a bit kind of ties in being a rugby player Mm -hmm. being an athlete um spending all the years in the gym um putting in work you know um, fitness being part of your 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 grind and your climb to the top of the food chain as an athlete. Mm-hmm. When you started education, it's kind of a two tier question because it's no, number one is going to be what was what's, what was more difficult, education or undergrad, mm-hmm. um, and is fitness still something that you are are like. Um, incorporate, you know, like fitness and health. Is that a big thing for you? Because a lot, like when people think of my, my business and, and top of the food chain that's kind of separate from the podcast, they see the, the Insta page and they, yeah. they talk about, like, they, they think it's always fitness. These podcasts are to help explain to people that there's more to life than fitness. And there's, right. you know, there's exactly what you're talking about representation so people mm-hmm. can grow and, and learn and be more than an athlete and and be top of the food chain in the teaching in the classroom that kind of stuff but does that play a role in your in your life right now like we asked a couple of former athletes like when you finish where you're like oh man like thank god like i don't got to do the running <laughs> i don't have to do the lifting or is it kind of something that like you just like it's just like still still the exact same
3: yeah so my, my i'll answer your first question My undergrad was far harder like, yeah. way, like far harder than than education for like 100%. My my undergrad, I felt like I was navigating it alone. Okay. And then my with education, well, I was a season, I'm in my fifth year now, and and like I'm comfortable where I'm learning. And the, the concepts we were learning was like almost putting a, a like a, a name on what society is doing. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. almost like, um, okay, we know everyone has their different backgrounds, but like. Hey, that's that affects them in the classroom. Now we know that. right mm. Now we can do that. Um, and then the second question is, right now, like I took a year off of rugby, um, which was last year, and I got a call last summer saying like we were interested in you playing for uh, Team Canada. So right now I'm training um, as a distance athlete with Team Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. So
3: every day I have workouts, and I'm you can ask anyone that knows me, like, I hate fitness, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, I hate doing, like,
2: is that why you and Shannon are, 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 are low-key sprints. besties? <laughs> yeah, you and Shannon get along.
3: I hate, like, I hate sprints, like, and, and I hate it because I'm not good at it, right? Hmm. I, like, and, and that's something I'm learning, like, recently I'm learning to, ch- to change, and, like, like, um, really force myself to almost love it, because the, I feel like that's one of the, the only, one of the only downfalls in my game, is that my fit, my my fitness really lacks, so I'm trying, I'm trying to find a way to, to fall in love with, with getting myself better for me, in order to get myself better for a team, or a team that want me in the future, you know, so, for, for, so fitness is a huge part of my life, my day, like, my day, um, literally is around when I can work out, so, like, if I can work out early in the morning, I'll go in the morning, and then my day follows that. Or yeah. have to get everything done because I have to go to the gym at night. Like
0: I agree, Will. Will and I agree. Like we're like, man, I want to work out before this podcast, but I I had to, I had to go to the grocery store, so shit, I'm gonna have to do it after. Like
1: yeah.
2: it's just it, it's it, interesting.
1: It's, it's, it's,
2: it's it's so interesting. Like I was just saying that like uh, when I was walking with Shan, I was just like, man, I don't want to work out after the podcast. Like I yeah. wanted to do it before and, uh-huh. and I'm really not looking forward to it. But I know like at the end of the day, like I'll just get down there in the room and just do it. And then do by it. the time it's yeah. over, I'll feel – yeah, way better for doing it than if i did if i just skipped it and woke up the next day like man like
3: i know and you feel, why guilty I do you, that. feel like you did something wrong when you like you literally feel it like that you 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 did yourself an injustice by not working out it's, by not it, getting your workout in
2: it's interesting because um people like i mean even the, the people i work live with like say sometimes i i guilt them into like feeling like that hmm. but i think Maybe I do at times, but I also know the feeling myself of that, you know, that feeling of when you're consistent and you do do things when you don't want to, the after effects are so positive in terms of how you, the rest of your day feels. It's like, I just want them to have that same feeling too. It's like, I just, yeah, but it's one of those things too. Like the far, sometimes the more you push something, the farther you push them away from it. So like maybe learning how to, I don't know.
3: For sure. With, like, fitness, like, with, with being healthy in general, I, I think that that's a huge part of, of my life and what I try, what I will try to preach to my kids, because, like, what you, like, back to what I said, what you feed yourself is how you, you will be, like, like, there's brain food, there's, like, food to make you energize, like, things like that, like, educating students and, and health education, it's, it's so important about nutrition and, and, and how their body may be affected by what they put in it. And, mm. and, people, and people don't take that into consideration and like your, your, your health classes and your phys ed classes are like, are, are, like, are like-
1: Preach. You know? I'm telling you, man, she's spitting
3: <laughs> fire today. Yo,
2: I can't even express to you how many times I've talked to people about the importance of health education and nutritional mm. education and how much it's downplayed and how many yeah. people our age Um, between the ages of 20 to 30, like that 20 year gap, like people just like think they're invincible. they're just, you know, they think they don't see changes. They think they're, everything is good. They don't understand how much eating, eating properly
1: Mm. has
2: a positive effect on your energy, on how you feel, on how you perform in the office, how you perform in front of a classroom. Are you lethargic this morning, walking into your class? because because you stayed up late and you ate like uh, and i'm not trying to say you have to do that it's about being consistent yeah but just the fact of what you're saying like it to me it's one of those things that i i don't understand how people downplay health that health in yeah. terms of in terms of the productivity of who they are the next day and and the energy that they that they radiate yeah towards other people it's it's odd ob- to me it's like obvious it's like yeah yeah yo i can i can see when somebody's just been eating mcdonald's for like three days straight and mm-hmm. been doing nothing compared to somebody that sure. you know eats potatoes and some sort of veg and a, yeah. a piece of chicken or rice and then they were salmon they, or fish they,
0: mm-hmm. they they associate their lack of energy with oh i didn't sleep well last night well no no dick maybe it's because you ate <laughs> five burgers and and i ice- <laughs> That's right. But they but but we're not ingrained to think uh, that way.
3: Yeah, we're not. You know? I, for me, like like everything comes back to like, well, at least you have your health. Like growing up, like when I was younger, my dad had cancer. So I saw him go through all those stages and now right now my mom's battling kidney disease. So mm. I've seen her I've seen her go through dialysis treatments and all that. And like my like so, yeah. they keeps preaching to us like your health is so important. What do you have if you don't have your health? Man, you know I mean, like, literally, what do you have if you don't have? Like, you can't do, you can't be that athlete you want. You can't go into the, change people's lives if you don't have your health. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything.
2: And, and yeah, and it's it's uh, man, it's one of those things. Like, if you and if you are in the classroom, and if you are, you know, later on in life, struggling with something, and your your kids obviously are going to listen to you but also some of their energy is going to go towards like feeling empathy and feeling trying so, to w- rather than putting that energy on what you're teaching them and the, the content in which, and the, you know what I mean? The lessons. Yeah. Um, and it's just so interesting. Like, you know, um, it's so interesting how your parents like, like my, I have a similar story in terms of like my stepdad battled um, through uh, pneumonia. He was in the ICU and my mom has a bit of MS and like just things like that. And they're always preaching, like they're always talking about yo you have to be aware of what what happened to us yeah can happen to you and so many people are just think like like invincible like yo, know, yeah. nothing's gonna happen to me like that's just them like and it's
0: like no young, we take it for granted until something major yeah. happens and you're like shit i took this for granted yeah
2: oh you know? and they're, yeah and then you try to change those habits it's too late. that have been instilled for 20 years and you're yeah. like yo like this is the hardest like I'm not even going to listen to the doctor. Like he doesn't like, just like that's not this, it's like something else can't be this, can't be that. Or Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to hear you say that because yeah. not, I don't even think a lot of people really the health, health education is huge. Knowing what you're putting in your body and how it affects you is like, mm-hmm. to me is just as important as reading a book for, you know, um, philosophy or yeah. you know doing math equations for st- statistics it's like to me it's it's almost more beneficial because you understand how to put yourself in a better position to succeed yeah.
3: Yeah. right now like uh, even in like to bring it back to like uh, education and students and how they work like right now the average kid is supposed to get um, I think it's 60 hours or sorry 60 minutes a day and they get less than that like students and and they try to try to say like recess is activity, but recess could be like us standing in a circle, like, yeah. like that's not activity. So it shows that the education system is not putting a stress on on how healthy students need to be and active students need to be, and they're not putting a stress on on like phys phys ed. They're putting no. a stress because it's an elective, and then the health courses are electives, and you could choose to do it. And in Nova Scotia, you don't need to graduate with a, with any sort of a, a phys ed um Credit, and and it just shows, and it shows because the, the decline of of active adults is a reflection of of the systems that they've been brought through, right? one
2: hundred percent. And then and then you take and then you take that, and then you you add that to a healthcare system that gives free mm-hmm. healthcare, and then you and then people wonder why the healthcare system is effed up or yeah. things take so long, and it's like, well, when of the illnesses in which people are coming into the hospital are preventable from, from early age by just eating well and staying active and people don't follow that. And then 20, 30 years down the road are in the hospital complaining about wait times, complaining about what the doctors are saying. them. it's like, bro, it's like, yo, like you could have, this is preventable. Like a lot of these things, a lot of illnesses are just generally brought on by us by not being active for, for yeah. 60 to 90 minutes a day to eating the right things and it's 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 peace kind of little it's a little peaceful to hear somebody that's going to be in your position to, to right. teach to teach people because
1: yeah
2: me even talking to my roommates and and shan and stuff like i can be a little like a little uh you know i don't even know how the, the word to describe it but like what you're trying to say like not forceful not not forceful yeah. but just like wake up like yeah the decisions you make today are going to impact the decisions yeah. that you are fate or the the decisions you're faced with tomorrow yeah you know what i mean yeah. just because it's not tomorrow like in terms of uh tuesday or whatever but yeah. tomorrow in terms of 10 years down the road or like sure. it's just yeah. it's frustrating to hear people talk about how much about how money and economics is so yeah. important and then you hear like yo like i don't care if i ate a whole pack of mangoes at 12 o'clock at night i'm like mm-hmm. okay but i'm not telling you it's it's horrible but i'm just trying to explain to you it's better to eat that in the morning than it is to eat it before you go to bed and your body shuts down yeah and it turns to what like just the, just little things like that right
3: um, for sure and like it even shows goes to show like like the, our, our our societies our capitalist society is so focused on your your success is your success is sorry, so with the amount of money you make, right but recently like if you look at the news of musicians and famous people dying from the covid virus right like what a reflection of how health is yeah. so important you can have all the money Man. in the
0: world
2: doesn't matter
3: right? and if you don't have your health you have nothing mm. it's
2: it's, crazy. it's it's so true because i i was literally talking to uh, shelby's boyfriend or partner mark uh, you don't i don't think you know her or him she's going to be the fourth um guest on our show you'll hear her but um I was like, man, look at we, we. literally said, look at the situation we're in right now. People with, you know, underlying issues, you know, diabetes because you didn't eat like, you know, what I mean, so I know so, sometimes diabetes isn't you can't avoid it, but a lot of like, you know, some of it is, and and a lot of like underlying issues are avoidable, mm-hmm. and again, it comes back to people just kind of, this is who I am. I'm going to be like this, like, and then and then when we're in COVID. 19 and and people are like, yo, if you're 50 and up and you have a bad immune system or you're out, like you're, you're just not in great health, Mm -hmm. you are at a major risk to lose your life. So Mm -hmm. like, yes, money is important. Yes. Economic growth is important to be able to sustain, like, you know, having a roof over your head, supporting your family, going on trips, traveling. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, man, like if you don't have your health, what do you have? Mm -hmm you know and and it's just it's just really a positive reinforcement to hear you say that like honestly I can't even express to you like me as somebody that's really involved in fitness and and the wellness like it's the it's what I like uh, I try to talk to people all the time like it's yes like my page like I have my shirt off or I'm in like, I'm, I'm in good shape in terms of what you would, what movies, what movies say is in, what movies say is good shape. Yeah. Yeah. But my, like what I try to tell is like, you don't need to look like that. Like as long Mm -hmm. as you're working out, like you're pushing yourself, you know, making yourself work hard and eating well, like that is what, that is what's going to help sustain and grow yourself for longevity. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's yeah. really, like, I can't even express to you how much it means to hear that from an educator. Because, man, like, like you said, like, the our system is a reflection of the education system from sure. the years past. And I I can even, like, I'm one of the, I was kind of in that transition in, in junior high to where physical activity and gym became less important. It was like, man, this isn't important to our kids' growth. Let's take, let's make it elective. They don't need to. They don't need to go play basketball in the gym. They've already played basketball growing up. If they don't like it, they're not going to do it. And yeah. you know what I mean? Whereas like, okay, then change the system. Talk yeah. about, talk about, We don't have to play basketball in class. Let's talk about physiological and uh, anatomy, anatomy about things that you can learn as a high school, junior high student that are yeah. going to help better prepare you carry on to carry on.
3: And it's not necessarily sport either, like activity in general, right? Like, you you don't have to play a sport or be good at a sport in order to be active. Sure. Not, what's not stressed within within the within the education system? That's A and great point. Students, mm-hmm. just because you're not you're not amazing at basketball or you're great at rugby or football, like you can still be active and you can still hold that that importance of being physically active in your life. And mm-hmm. they're not again it comes back to like students aren't taught that aren't no. taught like. You don't have to be an athlete in order to be active, and and that's what needs to be explicitly taught now. And I know that a lot of the phys editors who are graduating in my program will take that into their into their practice. Which is mm-hmm. for me, it's refreshing to know too that people who are who I'm graduating with, and hopefully people who graduate after us from X, are bringing those that into their practice as well, and understanding the importance and the correlation between health and and education. Absolutely.
2: One hundred. I think I think that is kind of um, you know I could go on all day about how important that is and kind of like all the little side things that come with it. But you 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 hit the nail on the head. So I mean, I, I don't want to keep dragging things on all, along. I've really I've enjoyed this conversation a lot, man. Like I've got to like I don't I didn't know you like I'm so impressed yeah, yeah. by the I'm so impressed by the person you are man like I, I can't even express to you like how exceptional you are as just a speaker in terms like outside like I don't even care about the athletic success like just talking to you and listen to you like your view on on teaching on life on 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 uh health like uh-huh. man like you like should be very proud of yourself your parents should be extremely proud of yourself um yeah man like you to me like i agree
0: because i knew joe the athlete yeah the way you started this conversation you were like i've been having such a difficult time or my exactly at least your first year separating mm-hmm. joe the athlete yeah and this for me really opened up that side that joe isn't just an athlete
1: mm-hmm.
0: and to be able to have this conversation i mean man we're we're almost two and a half hours in and
2: it, it doesn't like, even feel like it no it
0: Because because it was so engaging, and and the amount of times that throughout this, I was like, damn, we talk about this all the time. Hearing Mm -hmm. from someone else just just validates or 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 proves uh, the importance of these conversations and and why they happen. Well,
3: thank you, like thank you both because like you gave me the platform in order to to for people to see Joe the the the, who Joe is. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like a lot of the times, like if people hear me talk it's like it's about sports so it's like an interview after the game or it's like sure. like not a lot of people get to hear hear me speak for what joe's going what's going on in my brain so like yeah. I, I thank you both for having a platform like this for for me to to express who i am and
2: share who for, i am for sure tristan's going to end you with a uh, a, a question and mm-hmm. before that yeah. before that i wh- the more that we do this um because it's kind of like a learning curve for us as we start 100 i'm starting to like i really hope that you know uh an educator in ontario or somewhere in canada that like this comes across their their social media or uh where they can listen to this and or listen to people like you and people we we talk to and you know, maybe it's a platform where somebody might reach out to you at some point and be like, yo, like this, this woman is exceptional. Like I want her teaching in my school. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe like, just- but like, that is just something that's kind of come across my mind where I hope people that listen to our, our episodes can really like, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for them to, to reach out to you or to other people that we have <laughs> on. And, and you know what I mean? I'm not going to say like, we're like an audio LinkedIn profile, but like kind of like, <laughs> no.
0: It's, it's just having conversations. You, you don't know, like anyone can hear the, the power of the internet. One thing, like we're seeing it yeah. in front of our eyes. To not me,
3: we're yeah. Not- and it's real me. and genuine conversation too. It's like, like I, I really appreciate that. People can literally hear how deep you dive into your thoughts and like, yeah, and how, how much you, you, you put time into developing what you think and how you think and yeah. like, that's that's a, a, a gift in itself to be able to hear how others. Translate their 100%. what's going on in their head to 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 you. even if we're
0: all experiencing the same thing.
3: Yeah,
2: for sure, and because just like you said, like a lot of people that only know you as Joe the rugby star, mm-hmm. like even if you were to talk to them in person for ten minutes, like they can be like, "Wow, she's like a really nice person," mm-hmm. but their mind is always going to subconsciously go back to like, you know, what she's in, like she's it's always going to go back to the rugby thing it's always going to go back to like some people might be think like oh maybe that's an act because she really wants this job or like i I don't know that's not typically how athletes act but like after listening to this they might be like man like she's an amazing human being right
0: yeah no kidding Uh, joe short and sweet Mm -hmm. top of the food chain is uh the obviously the name of this podcast the brand but we always ask our, our guests, put them on the spot and ask them, what does Top of the Food Chain mean to you and how does it apply in your life directly?
3: Well, I uh, will brief me a little bit. So I have like a little ideas of what I think Top yeah. of the Food Chain means to me. Like that's like, again, back to my growing up, like I we weren't rewarded for just being, doing the bare minimum, being what doing what you're supposed to, right? We were rewarded for being, exceptional and going beyond so i think right now what what my thing is about being top of the food chain is is whatever you're doing do it to the best of your ability don't don't commit to things if you could only give half of you or or Mm -hmm. like commit to things fully and do everything to the best of your ability because ultimately that's a reflection of you and that's a reflection of who you are everything you put out into this world is a reflection of what you of who you are. Mm-hmm. If I'm putting half my half my half effort into this, that's who people are going to think I am, sure. right? So I, I and also it's it's about top of the food chain is, is leaving a mark wherever you go. It's right. leave, leaving mm. print on on, like on people around you. It's 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 making making people around you feel like they they can grow, they can they can flourish, they can they can do the best in whatever they want to be the best in. Like sure. that's what for
2: me top of the food chain means joe round of applause i, I love it that's a great explanation <laughs>
0: that's uh that's that i mean that, that that's episode nine i mean there's nothing i'm, I'm speechless <laughs> so thank you again
3: no worries at all thank you for having
2: me hey yeah thanks for coming on it's been a blast hopefully uh hopefully at some point i'll i'll, I'll meet you in person at ajax know. you know
1: Hopefully. In,
2: maybe at the Wood Residence, maybe somewhere else at one of those, one of the restaurants in town. I don't know. Ajax yep. is a little, Ajax plan. is different. We do. We do.
1: Um,
2: but yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, Joe. Uh, it, it was, I can't even express to you. What a great interview. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See ya.
0: Good luck with everything. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks for tuning in to TOTFC Podcast. If you liked it and you want to hear more, please share it with a friend, a family member, a teammate, or anybody. Like the video, consider subscribing to TOTFC Podcast.